On this episode, we discuss the Adam Project. Hey, hey, guys, it's me, Stuart from the future. I'm here to tell you, Stuart. Yeah, what's up, Stuart from the future? I'm here to tell you not to watch the Adam Project. <laughs> Perfect. And welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey! Oh. I'm Stuart Wellington. And okay. I'm Elliot Kalen. And wait, wait, guys. Do you hear that? Do you hear no. that out there? Those, those trumpets across the horizon. The oh. sound of brass bells and kettle oh, drums yeah. on the march. Brass Why? bells? Why, could it be? <laughs> yes, it is. Max Fun Drive is about to begin. This is the start of the Max Fun Pledging Drive. When we tell you why to join Max Fun, the time, of course, when the shows we endorse tell you why we need your support. There's McElroy's and dairy beef and Hodgman podcasting, podcasting, casting all the way. Ross and Carrie, Fanti and tights and fights. Greatest gen, bullseye, and feeling seen. There's lots of other shows you know, but most of all these schmo schmoes you know, the Flophouse Boys, Elliot, Dan, and Stu. So April 25th until May the 6th. Listen in, pledge your skin, join us or upgrade. We'll tell you more as we go on, but that's enough for this here song. Let's see how angry Dan and Stu I've made. So yeah, anyway, the day after this episode like drops, it's the, the next fun drive starts. Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Meredith Wilson, he's got his own problems right now. He's dead. He doesn't have to worry about us. Uh, yeah, so true. Th this episode drops the day before the start of the Max Fun Pledge Drive. It's running from April 25th to May 6th, as mentioned in that very informative song. Mm -hmm. All the shows are going to be telling you why you should consider becoming a Maximum Fun member or upgrading your Maximum Fun membership. It's like a PBS Pledge Drive without the old people sitting at phones pretending to have conversations on screen. And we're going to tell you more during the episode about why you should join and why it's important to us and why we love it when you join. And thank you so much and why we're thankful to our current members and our future members. But at the moment, if you don't need a further sales pitch, just go and join now at MaximumFun.org slash join. Please do. And until later in the episode when I tell you more, I've been Elliot Kalin. Back to you, Dan. What do we do on this podcast? <laughs> we tell people uh, about that. Well, on this podcast, I have to oh, correct something, actually. Last episode, we reverted, back to, we reverted back to talking about how we usually talk about bad <laughs> I can't movies. I believe he but, just interrupted himself. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Did. It's amazing. But I wanted, I wanted to get up front. We need to make it clear that this podcast is now officially about people giving their different takes on Topeka, whether it's a good mm -hmm. place or a bad place. Uh -huh. We voted on yeah. it. It passed. I mean, that's... <laughs> It's in the bylaws, but I, I mean, it's kind of just, you know, it's for show. Mostly we talk about movies. Yeah, this show. <laughs> yeah. And guys, I've been having a kind of hard time since the last episode. I've been going, uh, I guess soul searching is probably the right term. I've Do been you going find on it? like long, I found it, yeah. I, I found <laughs> oh, thank it God. when I was standing at the edge of a pond in a artfully decorated uh lake in a subdivision mm. and I skipped a stone or two and I really thought about <laughs> things and you know what <laughs> Topeka and tapioca are different things oh, oh, well, wow you, you made it you finally I'm willing to, to admit that, that on, okay on your own so this is a stage where I have to make amends so to everybody I've hurt with my misunderstanding 
Just write in, uh, write into Twitter at D A N K M C C O Y. Why, <laughs> Stuart? I'm proud of you. What are uh, I'm proud of our listeners for supporting what us so that you can writing? make that kind of self realization. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't want. I just don't want to blow up my menchies. Yeah, <laughs> your menchies. Yeah, you don't want to interrupt the flow of all your exercise videos. Yeah, I'm curating a specific vibe. <laughs> a vibe. <laughs> squats mostly. Once, <laughs> once I tried. Once I tried to get into Stu's Munchies and I accidentally got into Stu's Munchies, his collection of Munchies movies, and it took me a while to get out. It was very dangerous. Almost How turned into a skeleton. <laughs> I think there's only the one, but I have a lot of copies. You have a lot. Yeah. Big Harvey Corman fan. Um, so, so, okay. uh, so uh, Dan, yeah. uh, what, so we you watch, said we talk about movies on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. We, we watch things that are uh, critical or commercial flops or kind of on the borderline of such. Uh, this I believe was, we agreed we'd watch a movie and then talk about it, uh, good uh, or bad. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we tried to simplify it. Dan uh, slapped that initiative no, no, down. No, 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 <laughs> no. I'm simplifying it by saying, but if I say we watched a critical or commercial flop, that does not impart a judgment from us up top. It just is factual. Um, and then later on, we will give our judgments. Final judgments, if and you will. And today we watched a movie that I think most likely would have been a commercial flop had it been released in normal, you know, normal methods, right? There's Not no way of knowing. This was a Netflix. Hard to say. Hard to say. A Netflix original film, which means that somebody Could produced have swept it the nation, and Netflix yeah. People like that Ryan Reynolds. Uh, this is uh, Netflix's new thing, which is every once in a Reynolds, while. Ryan Reynolds movies. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's kind of their new thing. But it's every once in a while they, you know, do their version of a blockbuster. They throw a lot of resources, uh, some big names at like some kind of light special effects fair, something that you can throw on and be assured <laughs> hey that you're hey not going to have to think do, that much. Do you hear that? Do you hear that calliope in the distance? The special, the light special effects fair is coming to town. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but so it's true. This was a movie that it's the Electric uh, Light Orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> this is a movie that went into production or development at least ten years ago, uh, wow. and originally Tom Cruise was going to star in this movie, and then it he didn't, and finally Netflix swooped in to save it. And boy, are we lucky he did because there's <laughs> no other movie like this. Wait a minute, hold on. There's a million other movies like this, mm. uh, right down to the fact that it makes multiple references to other movies that are like this uh, yeah. throughout the film. Yeah. yeah, they swept up the bits and pieces from manufacturing other films and they glued <laughs> them together. <laughs> yeah, it, that is what it feels like. They're like this. This movie was made out of eighty percent post-consumer recycled content <laughs> from from a movie. Uh, so, should we talk about what happens in the Adam Project? Because the name do it. doesn't Might as well. The name. What I, the one thing I like about the name is it harkens back to seventy science fiction movies that always had like a project or an ultimatum or a, or a, mm-hmm. you know, oversight and or something or a, a protocol. But then the title didn't really tell you much about the movie. Final. Can I, can I yeah. ask you guys a question? Uh, always. I'm an open book. <laughs> <laughs> so later on, Mark Ruffalo's project that he's working on, is that the Atom Project? No. And is it the, that's I also named so. the Atom Project? I think it's also named the Atom Project after but his son why? Because his son is named Adam. Yeah, yeah and cause the, it, Dan, <laughs> okay. because in war games, the computer was named Joshua after the programmer's son, because that's okay. what you do in these movies. You name things after your son. Uh, yeah. I think I think because they needed to justify the title. Or it's, it's, because, all about, mm. it's all about sons and dads. He, 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 he feels bad about missing his son's youth to work on this project. So he's like, well, if I name it after my son, and people say, what were you doing this weekend? I go, oh, I spent time with Adam. 
they think oh. I'm talking about my son and not my time travel <laughs> so reactor. it's really for mm-hmm. just his standing in the community. It's not really that about his son. He just wants other people to think. That that, I mean, that's why you have dad. children is to improve your standing in the community. Uh, and I can, see, I see. So that you can put on Instagram how, so how wonderful your family I've is. I've watched the Gilded Age. I know how shit works. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, let's begin. So the movie begins with some ominous text. It says, time travel exists. You just don't know it yet. And it's like, yeah, because I haven't seen the movie, dude. Don't ding me for not having watched this movie yet. <laughs> yeah, it just yeah. started. <laughs> you dumb uh, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you stupid. You probably don't even wrote <laughs> Ryan Reynolds' characters named Adam yet, moron. Because we haven't introduced him yet. You piece of shit. <laughs> I will say there are parts of this movie where I was like, wait, what's going on? And I think it's the movie's fault for not making the information clear. And then the movie will suddenly drop a huge amount a of, information of information very casually. The movie the movie does not really care about its plot or the information. The movie is a quip and, and, and 70s hit machine. So uh, yeah. it's... So anyway, the year is 2050, and Ryan Reynolds, he's a he's a fighter pilot of the future, and he has been wounded. He has a bullet wound in his side, and he's stealing a sort of super jet. And uh, did you say that we, we give, start give this me movie? Yeah, yeah, give me some eleven. Yeah, does this start so, uh, media res? It does start <laughs> well, in media res yes, very yes, much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah your favorite you way of starting. Did yeah. it? And so Dan. Uh, so it doesn't start in end res where the movie's already mm. over and they're like, what happened today? Oh, wow. Let's re- let's research. Uh, so Dan, why do you think they play Give Me Some Love in multiple times during action scenes? It's is it because the movie is about great song. But is, so is but is the movie about love? Like why that song? I don't know. No, it, I it, as Audrey pointed out uh, during the viewing of this movie, it really wants to be Guardians of the Galaxy in in cool certain boy. ways. Does it and to the I point of casting Zoe Saldana casting, yeah. in it? Yeah, like, but, but it, yeah, uh, it, I'm not going to complain about that song. It's one of the things I enjoyed. It's <laughs> a great yeah. song. You were able to close think, your eyes <laughs> and just on pretend your Ryan you're at a voice you're at a, filter. Yeah, pretend yeah. you're at a concert. I think. I think the thing that gets to me about it is that there's a certain type of movie where they're like, people love this song. It's a great song. It's full of high energy. We're just going to leech off this song. And it reminds yeah. one of the reasons I stopped watching Stranger Things early on was there's an episode, it might be the second episode, where at the end, I was not feeling excited by this episode. And then the end, they start playing Hazy Shade of Winter, the Bangles version of it, which is a mm-hmm. song I love. And I was getting excited listening to the song. And I was like, show, you didn't earn this. This is the song that gets this credit. Like, yeah. that's not fair. You're just piggybacking on this great song. <laughs> hey, so. man, take what you can get. Steal it. <laughs> steal steal the energy. I don't like it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's, that's what it's true. Picasso Something once that said, steals energy would be a great villain in a Stranger Things episode. Yeah, yeah. But Pablo Picasso once said, bad artists borrow, great artists steal from the bangles. So yeah. uh, so anyway, uh, I mean, it's not even an original bangles song. They're covering a, what, Simon and Garfunkel song, but still, I like yeah, the Yeah, the way they play that riff. It's amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, we're three seconds into the movie. So Ryan Reynolds is being yelled at by Catherine Keener over an intercom. Hey, come back. Don't escape. It's too late. Uh, but he does. He escapes the wormhole, cut to middle school, 2022, and we meet Young That's Adam. our time. That's our time. <laughs> so Ryan Reynolds is playing Adam, and this yeah. is uh, uh, actor Walker Scoble as Young Adam. And I'm going to call them young and old throughout the movie to just so yeah. it's not saying Adam says to yep. Adam. And Young Adam is, I just want to, I think this actor is not. I don't want to blame him at all. I'm blaming the writer. Yeah, we're not, not, not going to be mad at a kid. Even no, no, the actor like is the actor's just is fine. doing exactly what the movie wants and the actor to be doing. Is he the least likable young character in a movie since the wheelchair kid from Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Like, is he <laughs> is he the most annoying, most grating young person young person character? Again, not the actor, but the character in a movie. I so I this character is a constant quip machine, and well, I was like. It was one of those things where I was like, is this what I was like as a kid? I think it was. I was terrible. 
No, but like the jokes that the kid makes are not kid jokes. They're Ryan Reynolds jokes. It's yeah. one of these things yes. where like, okay, we like how else will we know that this is the same character than by making uh, him sound exactly like yeah. Ryan Reynolds in the they same in, stream of quips? They brought in Ryan Reynolds' script guy to punch yeah, up the kid's dialogue. Like, yeah. And the whole time, I especially after the scene with him and his mother – I could not stop thinking about that fucking kid in Wet Hot American Summer that like consoles the divorced Molly Shannon as like <laughs> like a little adult. Like I couldn't stop thinking about yeah. it. He definitely he feels like a yeah he feels like a I guess that's what's bothers him about him is he feels like a grown up smart aleck in a kid body the way he's written and it's this kid his only his only outlet of any kind is just these smart alecky quips that are written as grown up jokes and. He's just a jerk to everybody, and, like, part of the lesson is for him to stop being a jerk, but he, like, I don't know. Like, there's no real moment of emotion from the, uh, in this kid character, you know, for the first whole, mm. whole of the movie. I, I kept th- do like yeah. when he gets beat up by a kid whose last name is Dollarhide, because that <laughs> yeah. makes me think I of I mean, that murderer. was amazing <laughs> that they had the character is named Dollarhide, and it's like, all right, I guess he grows up to be Buffalo Bill. Like, <laughs> I guess he, this was this was before he changed after ingesting the Red Dragon, well, you know? That's the thing, like, you don't realize is when Ryan Reynolds bullies the bully later on, that's the precipitating incident that oh. turns him into a serial oh, killer. Wow. So. I didn't realize this was part universe. of the Hannibal-verse. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, so oh, man, the, we'll talk more about this kid later, I guess. But I, I, I want to mention that uh, there's a late, I, or maybe it'll come up later. Maybe it won't. Watching this movie made me think about how much I love ET and what makes ET good, and what mm. movies like this are missing that are heavily trying to draw on that feeling but don't have the real emotion of it. Anyway, young Adam, he gets punched by some bullies and gets suspended. This feels accurate. I was constantly getting in trouble as a kid for getting beaten up by other or mm. getting made fun of. Like a teacher would walk in on people making fun of me and be like, Kalen, get out of here. And I'd be like, You're in trouble. And I'd be like, I don't understand. What what was I? I was You're the an instigator. I, was, I mean, I was makes the one that people me. were yelling gay slurs at. I don't understand why I was the, the one who got in trouble. You know? <laughs> and that's Elliot's origin story. Yeah. <laughs> that's how Elliot got Joker fied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. That's Oh, then that's yeah. That's why I'm the I'm the murderous madman of today. He gets suspended, and we find out uh, his mom Jennifer Garner comes in to argue his case. He mentions she mentions that his dad died recently. The dad, who we will later find out, is Mark Ruffalo, who enters the movie so late into the film that at yeah. one point I was like, did he, they hire him just to appear in some photographs? <laughs> I mean, this is clearly another reference to the film Thirteen Going on Thirty. I mean, yep. another yep, time travel. Uh, yep, classic. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he's uh, but he's always getting suspended, and he's depressed, and he's full of quips. He's really irritating. Uh, his mom is going on a date, and it's another one of those movie Book of Henry relationships where the kid is kind of like taking care of the mom, and he has to zip up his mom's dress before she goes on a date, which is tells nuts. her to make good choices. It's nuts that she forgot to zip up her dress, <laughs> but uh, like unless that's unless that was the message she intended to send to the date was like my dress is half <laughs> this off. This thing comes and he off. Goes, and he goes, Mom, you forgot. And she's like, oh, yeah, 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 right. Yeah, I forgot. Can you can you take care of that? Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And then as soon and, as she's out of the house, she changes into, like, her real dress because oh. she doesn't mm-hmm. want her, her child parent to uh, get mad at her. Yeah, yeah. I just want to take a moment to say also I'm, I'm sad that these are apparently the only roles that Jennifer Garner gets now. Yeah. Is like loving mom and things because uh, as a you miss you know, her being a karate spy. She was so good <laughs> back in the karate spy days. Yeah. But anyway, did you like it more when she was when she was a racist vigilante in, uh, oh, in Peppermint? Right. Not much like Peppermint, no. <laughs> right, no, I feel like that, that was the, that was like the end of her time as an action star for a little while. I like, 
I like the tea, but not the movie. <laughs> <laughs> when, when the credits came up, it said, based on the popular tea, you said, yeah. I'll get finally a movie for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, you just know that like the sleepy time people were like, how did we sleep on this? Oh, right. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> and then they nodded off and were tucked into their beds by fluffy bears. <laughs> uh, the dream. I, everyone wants that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, look, if I've learned one thing, it's that fluffy bears can sell me any tea they want and any toilet paper they want and I will be Fuck buying it. Fuck those fucking toilet bears. Get <laughs> those, them out of here. They're so gross. <laughs> yeah. They're why? constantly like staring at their shit covered fur. Fuck those they're guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. Those toilet bears, their whole life revolves around shitting. Does, I mean, Dan, the and older the you get, the more the more that's going to be the case for you, too. Oh, no, thank you. Maybe it's just because I'm a parent, so a lot of my conversation does revolve around other people's pooping. <laughs> Can but, you imagine or OPP. how bad they smell, Ellie? <laughs> yeah. So is that uh, what the other people uh, that OPP song was about? Just smearing shit around in their fur with the <laughs> toilet paper? Fuck yeah, that. You know, it's, I mean, they are a bad... They are a bad uh, st- uh, a spokes animal in that yes, yeah. the the shit gets caught in their fur and the, and the toilet paper is not going to clean it out. Yeah, <laughs> they got to get a bidet for that, or just you know a bear day. They're all, yeah, they're the, just the eating stream. nothing but like honey and salmon. Like, ugh, <laughs> no thanks. Okay. Get them out of here. Now I'm anyway, so that's the Adam project. So, uh, so the night that while his mom is on a date, she says no video games, and he's playing video games. Will these video games help him fight bad guys later? Of course they will, because this is a modern movie. Characters are not allowed to do anything that doesn't play directly into the plot. Well, also, I'm like, what the hell does she care? She's going off and leaving her son without a babysitter. Let him play the goddamn video games. Keep him out of trouble. (laughs) We're and we're also going to find out later on. I'm jumping ahead slightly that Mm -hmm. that his dad, Mark Ruffalo built the video game he's playing, yeah, yeah. which is the weirdest thing where you're like, isn't he like a fucking super scientist who's making time travel? Why he's is he physicist. building some shitty it's also video a different game. type of <laughs> Yes, thing. it's a different like, skill set. He's not set. a computer programmer. Like and well, also just, that kid would be like, no, I want a real video game. I don't want video game we have at home. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Well, he's, I mean, he's a, he's a scientist in the way that like all the Marvel heroes are scientists where they understand all of science. Like a exactly. science is just one subject that you know all of. Uh, so anyway, uh, he's, there's a power outage. He goes out to investigate with a flashlight because that's what kids do in movies. They walk into the mm-hmm. woods directly outside of their house with there's, a flashlight. It's like a fucking forest moon of indoor right outside <laughs> of this kid's house. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. the Pacific Northwest. And you know that kid's just begging to find a Tommy knocker out there. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he wants. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, These woods we learned... are crammed with Tommy knockers. <laughs> it's nasty. Anyway, has, <laughs> you, can't, you cannot swing a dead cat without hitting a Tommy knocker out in those Pacific Northwest I do not recommend disgusting. doing that, though. I mean, please. Yeah, please don't. Uh, if, if, you know, in that no kind of reason. circumstance, you should bury that kind no, of no. honors for but being not a hero. In the pet not in pet cemetery. No, no, not in pet cemetery. Throw it Whoops. to your cujo. Keep him busy <laughs> no while matter, you escape. No matter what Judd says, even though he knows the ground is sour, he still tells you about the goddamn pet cemetery. Uh, now, you're Dan's the, taking I, a stand on this one. Do not, you can bury it in Salem's Lot if you need to, but watch after you the have vampires. To, if you have, take a long walk over to Salem's, wa- uh, Salem's Lot, and uh, you uh, know. So anyway, uh, have you guys ever been walking through the woods and you're like, "Oh, great!" Yes. You see a bear wiping its butt on a Tommy knocker. That's the worst. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, "God damn it, these Charmin bears! <laughs> They're just wiping their butts they on haunt everything." Me. Anyway, yeah, Stephen the, King will write a book about the Sherman Bears. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about scares. 
Yeah, and there's mm-hmm. going to be like 40 pages about how milk used to taste better back in the old days, you know? <laughs> the, th- the thing is that cocaine makes you very prolific. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's very Allegedly. true. Allegedly. Allegedly. He wouldn't know. He doesn't remember that time. Anyway, uh, he finds uh, – he wanders around. We find out he has an inhaler. Uh, this doesn't really play into much, which is fine. Actually, that's good for him to have a character thing that doesn't play into the plot later. He doesn't defeat a bad guy with an inhaler or something. And he finds Ryan Reynolds bleeding in his garage, and they quip at each other for a while. They argue a lot. They're at roughly the same level of maturity. Uh, the amount of quipping, like, it's one of those things where if you ever get if you ever get two very specific nerds in the same proximity of each other, yeah. and they start talking, and then they start talking faster and faster and over each other, I'm like, we're about to, we're about to implode. Like, yeah. we're about to... We're it's about to reach some weird, horrible spot. Yeah, I was exactly. like, how did I walk into a room with two David Kalins? What am I doing in here? This is terrible. Anyway, It is so. weird, though. I mean, like, the movie, you know, does a lot of this to sort of indicate how much this character hates himself as a result of, like, I don't know, just, I guess, sad things in his life and the fact that, like, it's not really that well no. justified well, they, why he hates say, himself. No, they but, say it's a movie that, is striving, I'll give it points, I mean, barely. It's it's striving to be emotional <laughs> later on. Stop talking about bears. <laughs> Instead of talking about bears pooping on zombie knockers. But the, the, it's striving to be emotional later on, but it does, yeah, it doesn't earn, the, it doesn't lay the groundwork to earn that emotion. And it's like, yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, he's like, I'm mad that dad was never there later on. I'm mad that dad was never there for us. And his younger self is like, dad comes home and plays baseball with us all the time. Like, yeah. well, uh, you're mad that dad died. And he's like, I guess so. And that's why I hate myself. But why do you like it's his and I, human emotions are a mysterious thing, you know, they don't always yeah. follow logical lines, but his emotions are so all over the place and not drawn precisely, you know. Yes. And, and, and even even the way he handles his younger self, like I don't like my younger self. And if I encountered my younger self, I would have a lot of difficulty like not uh I don't know, just being in the same room, but it wouldn't be I wouldn't express it through like quips and like telling my younger self how annoying I am and things like that. Well, you know? yeah, that's it. Like I, I, yeah, I would find it very sort of embarrassing to be around my younger self and difficult. And like, I'd be frustrated, but I immediately would turn off the podcast. The amount of <laughs> the, the way, yeah, as you say, it manifested in him just being mean to himself in a way that feels weird. It's like, dude, you know, this is you younger. You just showed up here on accident. Yeah. You know, be nice. To he this also kid. takes a, he takes a long yeah, time man. before he explains. I mean, it's a long he into the scene. He takes a while yeah. before he's like, "Oh, I'm you from the future." And he he keeps allowing his younger self to believe that he's just like a drifter with a bullet wound who just yeah. straggled in and has the same watch and everything. But anyway, he reveals that he's the same guy. It's old Adam who's come for young Adam. Uh, and old Adam is like, I meant to go back to the year 2018, but I ended up in the year 2022. And uh, the reason he's going back to 2018 is kind of funny later on. But I'll should I spoil it now or should I bring it up when it comes up later? I don't even think I remember he's why. he has to go he wants to go back and stop something that happened in 2018 and it doesn't occur to him to go to before 2018 to stop it he has to be <laughs> there exactly at the moment that yeah. it happens which is dumb which is foolish anyway but we'll get to the yeah. specifics of that later so uh we find out that the time jets are coded to a specific user's dna and since old adam is wounded the jet won't let him in but it will let young adam which in which seems it's- like a weird way for this jet to work can we agree on that because uh, like- you mean the, they mean the idea that a time jet a very expensive piece of hardware would only be able to be used by one person ever <laughs> forever <laughs> well that but also like if you're wounded like maybe you need to get back to 
where you came from. Like, I yes. understand. I mean, maybe it's a safety thing to keep, like, a jet from crashing into the ground. I understand. But, like, I don't know. This doesn't seem like a safeguard that they, no, I, it, they would handle it, it in like, a different way. What it seems like is an excuse for old Adam to bring young Adam along with exactly. him on his time-hopping adventures. But you're right. It doesn't really – it's similar to uh, in Judge Dredd how they're like – this gun is coded to your DNA. Only someone with your DNA can shoot it. And that's how we, how we learn that the bad guy is a clone of him. And it's like, mm, it seems like a lot of technology to fit into a gun. Like, <laughs> couldn't you just put a lock on it when, you, when you're not using it? I don't know. But anyway. Uh, yeah. But this movie, has a, it has that 90s understanding of DNA where DNA is just a magic thing that can make also, all sorts of things happen. And also the other, like, time element is that they have to wait for the ship to repair itself because they're like, we don't actually want to worry about them having to repair the ship. We'll just say yes. that the science is good enough. It'll just fix itself. It's fine. It's self-repairing. It can detect, it can detect DNA from a distance without actually having a sample uh, to look at. It's, it's an amazing time ship. So anyway, uh, the time jet's all busted. They got to wait till it fixes itself. Uh, young Adam is like, old Adam, do you remember any of this? And old Adam is like, everyone has a fixed time they're supposed to belong in. And when I get back to my fixed time, my memories will change based around what happened. And they're like, good enough for me. That explains yeah. any loopholes. Uh, Old Adam this is goes, a very hand-wavy movie about time travel. Like, I feel like there are two types of time travel movies. There are ones that, like, make the time travel the fun part and be like, let's really dig into the paradoxes. And then there are ones that – Give me use, an example, Dan. <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll tell you. Audrey said the same thing to me. Well, I'll I tell you. This like, movie is – Like Primer, I guess, or yeah, something Yeah, Primer. Like this movie's on a time travel continuum where Primer is on one end. It is all about time travel conundrums and it does not care about yeah. special effects or action and this movie is on the other end where it doesn't really give a shit about time travel it's just about special effects and action like it's that's just an excuse to like have old and young adam come like meet each other and that's fine like that's probably the right choice for this movie but that doesn't keep me from getting annoyed at like how hand wavy it is because uh -huh. without any sense of the rules i'm like i guess whatever you know well, sure I think to fine me, to me it's like i don't need to know the rules necessarily but like i want the characters to feel like they care about anything they're yes. doing and instead the characters are just like yeah, anyway this bad guy's coming back bada 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 quip 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 oh we need some more plot hold on my dad's here quip 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 and i'm like movie do you care what's happening in the movie because i don't yeah if you don't care i don't care does not seem yeah like we don't have to do this movie we can just fucking chill and turn you off yeah yeah we don't we can just sit here quietly just do the Check chill part of Netflix and, and chill. We don't have to do the Netflix part. But the, <laughs> yeah. the, uh, like when I'm watching a movie like Horse Feathers, it's like, yeah, I just want to see the Marx Brothers run around. I don't really care how this college works. But when I'm watching a time travel movie like where I'm supposed to feel for the characters, then I want the characters to, to feel like they feel. Anyway, they're going to feel like they feel. Old Adam's about to have some feels. He's staying in the garage and he looks at <laughs> this photo of his of a lady. It's kind of in a piece of glowy glass, which is mm -hmm. funny to me because it's like, it's oh, from so the in, the future. Future, in the future, photograph technology is more cumbersome. And less convenient yeah. than it is now. Oh, um, I thought that was just his phone. <laughs> I was like, no, that, it's a it, it it's a photo of his wife if it embedded in a phone. piece of glass. <laughs> yeah, no, it's <laughs> not on so his phone. Dumb. It's embedded in a piece of plastic, and the colors uh, are all wrong. Like the colors why? are all kind of tie dye. <laughs> it's, it looks like something he got at the low special at, at the low special effects <laughs> fair, you know. So, um, or whatever it was called earlier. So I would love I would love a sci fi movie where a guy in the future is like, well, like if where Ryan Reynolds from the future comes back and he like has his phone he's like i can't i can't connect to any of the internet like i'm, I'm like detoxing from this internet addiction i have <laughs> you're still uh, so using uh, wi-fi oh god uh, yeah, yeah. So, 
Adam's mom comes home from her date. Young Adam's kind of rude to her, and old Adam watches this in anguish. Oh, how could he be so mean to his mom? Next day, mom goes to work, and uh, young Adam talks about how impressed he is that old Adam is so built. When does he get these muscles? And when do mm-hmm. we? When does he start getting laid? And that, was, uh, we that let- wasn't in the original script. Ryan Reynolds <laughs> had that when he got attached. <laughs> and uh, old Adam, he gives young Adam a tough talk about what a jerk he is to his mom and how he's going to really regret that later on. And they dress up old Adam in their dad's clothes and they go out for supplies. And this is one of those scenes where like young Adam pals around with old Adam and there's no reason for him to be there. Old Adam goes into a store. He goes, do you have any young Adam? Do you have any money? And then he goes into a store and old, young Adam just hangs around outside and it's like, Okay, I guess he. I don't know why he came with you. I guess he's just there for bullies to beat him up because who's there? Uh oh, it's the bullies. And old Adam is like, young Adam, they don't want to fight. So you're going to psych him out and then you're going to punch him in the nuts. And young Adam's like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then he gets beaten up. And old Adam is like, you had to be beaten up. It'll help you become a strong man in the future. And then, and old Adam goes to the bullies and goes, I'm creating a time conundrum here. But if you ever beat up young Adam again, I'm going to beat you up. But it's like, a long, it's, very, just, a quip, it's a quippy way of doing it. He's like, now you're peeing yourself, aren't you? Wow, you're a real gusher. Anyway, so, like, it's not really scary or intimidating. He's just a bigger guy. gushers? Also? Yeah, gushers, yeah, fruit why. candies are full of pee, yeah. They're full of urine. I, well, the, th- well, the original <laughs> ones were, and then during the testing, they were like, people love the outside. They don't love getting the hot splash of acidic pee when they bite into <laughs> it. It's more of a, more oh, of a niche pee. audience. <laughs> they go, well, I, what, if we went, what if we put fruit juice inside? Well, we already made the commercial. Take a look. And in the commercial, kids' heads turn into gushers and then pee spurts out and they go well we're gonna have to make a new commercial like we can't we can't sell people candy with pee you like but the director bob gugione jr (laughs) yeah bob gugione was sure that was the future of candy (laughs) nothing like poop and pee podcasting please support us max von no please please support us how else would we continue to do our research into the strange obsessions during the 80s of penthouse founder bob gugione who was who at a certain point was convinced that cold fusion and golden showers were the future of America. <laughs> Speaking though, <laughs> to get off P for just a second. Yeah, you can't. Spe- like <laughs> this is infuriating for a couple different reasons. Number one, like as you say, first he's like, you had to be beaten up, and then he keeps the bully from ever beating him up again. So it's like, what? What were you just saying? You just contradicted yourself within the the minute. But also it's or maybe one it was of a these paradox. Time, a time it's paradox? one of these time conundrums, like what I'm talking about, like the fact that this movie doesn't seem to care about time except for when it decides to, except for at this moment, he's like, you always had to be beaten up. We can't interfere with you getting beaten up. <laughs> like, I if don't we, think if, so. If we, if we change a single beating, it could ruin the future. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's Yeah, it's also one of those movies where people are like, we can't do anything to change the past. And then everything they do to change the past makes the future immeasurably better. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Um, so... Uh, young Adam, he shows, he finds the picture of that lady and old Adam says, that was my wife, Laura, but I don't have her anymore. Old Adam goes to a bar because if you're trying not to change the past, you got to get drunk. And, Mm. uh, old Adam finds, and young Adam's mom shows up and old Adam, uh, reassures her that her son will stop trying to be a jerk someday and will really care about her and they, how he really misses their dad. And uh, young Adam needs to know that mom hurts too. And it is really starting to edge into mom falls in love with her own son from the future, uh, territory. But the whole... (laughs) The is your name scene. Calvin Klein? <laughs> <laughs> Feels like they're about to start making it. 
But luckily, Ryan Reynolds, I think, sensing that that is going to happen, walks out of the bar, <laughs> and she chases after him, but he's gone. Uh, but meanwhile, uh-oh, we've got real trouble right here in Rivertime City. Uh, a time jet lands. Who's in it? Catherine Keener. That's right, the evil queen of the future, Maya yep. Sorian, a character whose name they just start using in the middle of the movie, and I was like, wait, they, who are they talking about well, again? Also, they, they talk about Sorian all this time. I'm like, oh, God, like, in the future, everyone has these, like, stupid— It's a cool name. Stupid, like, <laughs> sci-fi names. But then, like, she's a character back in this time uh, as yeah. well, obviously, and we meet her as, like, a relatively normal person, and I'm just like, but your name's still Sorian. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was, was like, I, luckily, lucky <laughs> enough, I was watching with the subtitles on. Otherwise, I would have heard the name Sorian, and I'm like, this is going to be this sick-ass dinosaur lady. Yeah. <laughs> She's, ha- well, ethnically dinosaur, but culturally not. That's the thing. Sure, her, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the, it does, you do think it's going to be a dino person from the future, but it's not. <laughs> uh, Sorian, Sorian and her, and her uh, henchman, Christos, have come in from the future <laughs> with a bunch yeah. of armored stormtroopers. Uh-oh. Uh, and old Adam, he explains to young Adam about his wife, Laura. They were both pilots. She died on a time jump to 2018, and that's why he's trying to get to her there, and he thinks maybe Sorian had her killed because she knew too much about Sorian yeah, being an evil like warlord that. of the future. And old Adam tells young Adam that their dad invented time travel. It's the Adam Project. And that moment when he goes, our dad invented time travel? It was like, you didn't even lay the groundwork that your dad was a scientist yet. Like, the movie is so, it, fe- it feels like the movie is just making it up as it goes along. <laughs> and like, everything is so incredibly convenient where it's like, by the end of it, you're like, wait a minute. So the two time travelers are married. Their dad invented time travel. Their dad's Well, the time business, traveler's wife. Their you know. dad's business partner is the evil villain of the future. Like, yeah. it, it's and, getting to and a- And he didn't, he didn't become a time traveler directly. No. He, he like flunked out of college and then- became a pilot went to the air then, force yeah and then they're like you know what there's why not <laughs> there, there's opportunities in time traveling if i yeah. look up my old pal sorian my yeah, it's, <laughs> it's nepotism I, yeah. yeah i mean it is it's a rise of skywalker <laughs> level of, it up. there's only yeah. one important family in the universe type thing <laughs> yeah um but anyway uh i mean to be honest nepotism is the only way ryan reynolds is getting into that pilot program because he's one of these every movie has have this you pilot. seen him I mean, he's super yeah, he handsome incredible. and buff. But he, every movie has this pilot where it's like, you know what? He doesn't follow any rules. He's not yeah. book smart, but he's a damn good pilot. And when you look at pilots, they all have college degrees. They're all very disciplined. Well, like, that's except, how you're I a mean, pilot. Ryan Riddles is supposed to be smart, although the movie, like, forgets it at a lot of points. Like, I think that yeah. he's also supposed to be, you know, Mr. Science. Science, Although they the imply that his son. his life of uh, <laughs> lifetime of drinking beer has made him less intelligent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. his debauchery has made him has given him uh, non sciency thinking disease. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> but if you've ever seen, do you like, think if do you think they had him grow a beard so that people didn't confuse him with his younger self? Maybe. And I think at the end, I think they de-age him a little bit. For, for a scene at the end, although I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, I was reading the I was reading the information about this. Later, we'll see young Catherine Keener, and I was reading a thing where it, it, on IMDb they go instead of using de aging technology, they used deep fake technology to create the young Catherine Keener. And I was like, uh, I don't know that we should be pouring money and resources into developing that technology. Uh, I don't know. I think Maya Sorian's going to find a way to use it to take over the world. But anyway, yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, they they uh, they don't have time. So now to, Netflix to, can just put. Catherine Keener in every fucking movie now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, under normal circumstances, I wouldn't complain about. I wouldn't mind that. Catherine Keener's great. Yeah. 
I mean, she was in she was in Nailed slash Accidental Love, and she and she was still pretty good in that. True, that's a terrible yeah, movie. Yeah. So, um, the I remember I think the first time I ever saw her in a movie was being John Malkovich, and I just remember mm-hmm. being like, I think this is the coolest actress I've ever seen. Like, yeah. she's yep. just so amazing in that movie. Um, and so, uh. These armored troops attack. They don't have time to di- We don't have time to digest the knowledge that their dad was a time-traveling inventing scientist because the armored troops attack. Uh, old Adam fights them a while. He's a master uh, of hand-to-hand combat, as all pilots are. He I can use lots like of future to- weapons. Yes, Dan? <laughs> Take a moment to talk about his fighting because I feel like among the many things wrong with this movie, uh, this, I think, is a, is a big flaw, a big problem. Like Because he fights... As if he may as well be like Black Widow. Like he is yes. superhero level fighting. And for the movie, they're trying to make this kind of, uh, you know, sci-fi throwback comedy, heartfelt family reuniting thing. Like it would be so much better if like, yeah, he can be good at fighting. He should not be like super level fighting. He should use his smarts to outwit these guys rather than like, you know, Kung Fu or Yeah, what, exactly. Like he should be like me at the beginning of playing Jedi Knight Fallen Order rather than me at the end exactly. of playing Jedi yeah. Knight well, Fallen I Order. I assume there's, that's true. There's an old <laughs> there's an old uh adage that I think ha- of superhero comics that's been mostly been forgotten in a lot of ways, which is that the villain should be more powerful than the hero. It means a lot more when the hero defeats a villain who is more powerful than the hero. What about a racer, dude? <laughs> <laughs> where Arnold Schwarzenegger fights old James Conn. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is that it, I, crocodile. It does, it, well, he fights a croc. A giant crocodile is tougher than Arnold Schwarzenegger, except that he says, your luggage, and he shoots him right in the mouth and kills him. But they, I, but <laughs> it's like, his only weak this, spot. This is what, but I feel it's like in a, lot of action, in a lot of action adventure movies now, the heroes are so good at everything that it's never really in doubt that they're going to win. Yeah. And you start feeling bad for these nameless stormtroopers who are getting killed left and right by yeah, heroes disintegrated. Who, with a bullet wound is fighting still like an amazing guy. And it reminds me of like, um, what's one of the great things about Indiana Jones is that Indiana Jones knows just enough to get himself into trouble that he can barely get himself out of. Like yeah. he is just a good enough fighter to be facing. He has, uh, it's the Peter principle where he has reached the level of his incompetence. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's good enough to get to the place where he is in real trouble. And I feel like in movies now, most of the time, the hero never reaches that point where they, I feel like they're in genuine danger, you know, where yeah, they yeah. have to push themselves harder to do something. It's just so easy and everyone's so so slick at it, you know. And so let's talk about some more things. So he's got <laughs> he's got this crazy lightsaber thing that allows him to do some kind of AOE slam attack that yeah. just does no damage to his companions, only to enemies. I yeah, mean, that's it's a pretty some, good somehow ability. Somehow the, the weapon knows who is your friend and who is not, and it blows your enemies back. It's but a pretty good ability. Adam, who's probably bones would be liquefied by the shockwave of this thing, because uh-huh. he's not wearing a, a armor. He's fine. I Nothing happens to him. I assume it was the armor that it targeted somehow, but it is dumb. Sure, <laughs> and yeah. Specifically... Okay. His bones would be liquefied, not turned into dust, where all the future people are turned into dust. Because if you're killed in a timeline that is not your specific timeline, you you turn in, you poof into a cloud of dust like you're one of the many vamps that is killed by Blade. But it makes me wonder. Like, <laughs> I love that if, you know about you know about Infinity War, and yet you are not going there for disappearing into dust. You're sticking with yeah. Blade. Do you think? Do you, do you think he's seen Infinity War, folks? He knows there's a more recent turning into dust reference. Do you think if Ryan Reynolds like bled out from that stomach wound, all of a sudden he would just pop turn into dust? I think so. I think he would turn into dust like Michael Jackson in the Remember the Time video. That's right. Oh, I'm going to an sick. older reference than Stewart's. 
Dan, oh, wow, find amazing. an older reference than that of someone turning uh, into dust. I mean, the only one I have is Buffy, and that's also so vampires. Does so. he turn oh, into okay. dust after he sings a song about how he used to bang the king's wife? Yes. Or is well, that he, before? I think he comes from dust. From dust, we and come from, from dust, and to dust we shall return. Yeah, exactly. So he comes from dust, he sings a song about how I used to bang your wife, and then he disappears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, they dips. Whatever, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's anyway. So, uh, so they're fighting, fighting, fighting. Uh, they fight, they fight, they fight and fight, 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 <laughs> fight, 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 fight. The Adam Project. Uh, and uh, who sh- who's going to show up to save them when Christo starts beating on old Adam? That's right. Laura's back. How she knows that at that exact moment they need help? Why she didn't show up before then? Doesn't matter. We don't know. It's for maximum needle drop because that's when the song starts playing, and it's mm-hmm. what a Led Zeppelin song that starts playing yep. there. And uh, yep. And uh, so they run off to get – she's shooting guns they, because, of course, she's also a super badass fighter. They run off together. There's a time jet ch- car chase, blah, 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 explosions, so- soldiers on hover pads and, and stuff like that. It's a real indoor uh, speeder chase scene. And you said mm-hmm. you mean indoor like the indoor the planet, the not, in, moon. not indoor, like it's an indoor speeder no, chase because no, 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 they're no. outdoors I mean, they, the entire time. It is It is. It is clearly meant to evoke the uh, speeders in – in Return of the Jedi, I think maybe it's maybe it's because we just saw Masters of the Universe, but I think it might be meant to evoke the armored stormtroopers <laughs> on floating pods in Masters yeah, of the that's Universe. True, true. I think you're right, actually. Uh, and IMDb gives the credit; they say it's meant to evoke the uh, Back to the Future Part Two hoverboards. So oh, they're 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 stealing from a rich stew of references from of, from the 1980s. Yeah. Uh, so Laura, they go to Laura's shack, where she, not a love shack; she's there by herself, where mm. uh, she's hidden a lot of guns. Well, it becomes a love shack briefly. I do love. Briefly, I do yeah, love yeah. that she she's been on she's been on this earth for four years at this point well, in this time. Yeah, she, in this timeline, and she has managed to like her hideout is this like super amazing view airbnb instagram shack <laughs> like the perfect place like man let me move there yeah well you know she bought it when when you, she bought it she appeared here in 2018 four years ago oh yeah Four years ago, she goes, I know there's a housing recession coming. I know COVID's going to hit. Oh, I'm going to buy up real yeah. estate while, while it's good. And she and she gets – and I know values are going to skyrocket. So that's her retirement package, I guess. But, yeah, it's a beautiful house. Uh, and she says, look, we I know that Sorian went back in time to this year to get uh, – to 2018, rather, to give control of the time machine technology to her younger self. And she gave her lots of knowledge about mach- companies to invest in to become a billionaire so that she could – Fund time travel technology. Steal the technology. Yes, it's all sports almanac stuff. Uh, They could give it to Mark Ruffalo, or they could take it from Mark Ruffalo and win the future. And Laura's like, I went back to investigate. I did survive an assassination attempt, but it trapped me in the past. And uh, they do it while young Adam strolls around the beach. Uh, And then I thought it was wild. I mean, like I understand, like he thought she was dead. He's reunited with his wife. Like they're gonna want to do it, which is what they do. But I also, but I still thought it was wild that they just let young Adam wander around where he could easily be killed by the bad guys. Or by her own security devices, which as we learn are all around the house. The thing is that in 2050, Dan, parents let their kids just go outside and play. Yeah, So so. they just have different values. Well, you know Japan is the wave of the future and Netflix also has that show from Japan where toddlers go out to run errands. So Mm -hmm. in 2050, America's there too, where kids are just allowed to wander freely, you know? Uh, yeah. this, I haven't Free watched range. that every time I open up Netflix it p- starts pre-playing that two year old girl going on an errand and a guy going like what are you doing today and the narrator is uproariously laughing at the idea of a person talking to a two year old it makes no <laughs> sense to me I don't It's a, I don't understand the joke but anyway maybe I got to watch the show I guess um, 
Uh, they do it. They do the thing I hate in movies where they're making out furiously and they stop to say hi to each other. Fuck that. Nobody does that. That's stupid. Anyway, uh, have you guys ever stopped sex in the middle to say hi, to look into the eyes of your partner and then say I do hi? All, I do all kinds of shit. <laughs> I, Stu, I know you're you a don't freak. Don't want to know. Yeah, you, you're on the edge. You, 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 you but Dan, you have, have you to ever get done, Pinhead in here to explain what Stu's into. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of the romantic sexual hi in the middle of lovemaking. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that in the Pirelli, middle. It is, no. it is a process <laughs> in order to create a child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. And I should and I should already know this person. But no, I think it's I've just I've never found myself it it just seems uh cloying to me in the movies. Uh maybe it's what it's missing from my love play. I'll try it tonight. I'll try stopping in the middle. I'll try stopping in the middle and I'll say hi. Say love play again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'm stopping in the middle well, of my. Like that, I, it's like that James Bond movie. Never say love play. Again. <laughs> yeah. I'll stop in the middle of my sex venturing to uh, to <laughs> say hi. Go. Anyway, I like that because I, ima- I imagine you with a walking stick and a backpack, <laughs> a rucksack. Yeah, yeah rucksack I put, filled I put with the, Popeye's chicken. I put or the, the lust grease in Wonderland for yeah, the uh, yeah. additional protein to help exactly. Keep them oh charged. yeah, because well, I mean, the thing is, this is what Sting doesn't tell you about his tantric lovemaking: is that <laughs> you need to eat part of the way through. You're doing it yeah. for hours. You're gonna get hungry, and yeah, that's why I always keep pemmican. a box of chicken next to me. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, or so or like or at the very least trail mix. At the very least, shove some trail mix in your mouth mid thrust. Anyway, so uh, this is the Max Fun Pledge Drive. I should mention. So uh, Laura Laura tells Old Adam to uh, go back. You've got to go back and stop this time travel from being invented. And Old Adam's like, but that means we'll never meet at the time travel academy. And Laura goes. It's got to be done. We just had amazing, mind blowing. We said hi to each other in the middle sex, but that has to be sacrificed for the future of the future. And guys, on that cliffhanger, are they going to go back mm. into the past to stop Sorian? Let's talk about the Max Fun Drive again. Now, as we mentioned do earlier, what is the Max Fun Drive? You're probably asking. Well, that's the time of year when we, the hosts of your favorite Maximum Fun shows, and also the other Maximum Fun shows that are not your favorites, we take a moment <laughs> to say, hey, thank you for supporting us. We couldn't do this without you, and we need your help to continue. This is the one time of year where we, as a member-supported network, uh, take time out of our shows to say, hey, we're glad you're members. Here's how you can be a member if you're not a member. Uh, And you know what? I'm just going to put it all out there on the table. This podcast started as a hobby, but each of us hosts has had, at different times in the past couple years, a time when this was our main source of income. Uh, This is no longer just like a thing we do for laughs, and if we get a few dollars from it, we're like, that's amazing. This is great. This is something that's become a real part of our lives uh, in a very real sense, uh, but in a good way too, not just in a we-need-money way, uh, which is why we're extra thankful. We extra need the money, but we're extra thankful (laughs) for all of you who have been pledging in the past, and we're extra hopeful that more of you will join or upgrade and pledge now. Uh, Dan, what were you going to say? No, I just want to say, like, yeah, the gratefulness, but also, like, I do need, (laughs) I really need the money. Dan, why are you gripping my arms so hard? (laughs) Dan, you're you're leaving a mark. I've done a little (laughs) freelance work here and there, but this is currently my my income so please if you if you if you like me in any way you know dan, maybe maybe support dan the show said to me years ago i said dan what's your ideal job and he goes i guess if i could do the flop house as a full-time job and maybe you were holding a monkey's paw because you got that yeah, wish yeah. but not in the way you intended uh no. so uh anyway so we're gonna continue, ask you, continue your pitch Thank you. We're going to just say, will you please join us as a member? If you're already a member, will you please consider upgrading? And you can join, upgrade, you can boost your membership, or you can buy a gift membership, a gift membership. I said gift membership, but I meant gift membership. A you can buy a membership. membership. 
a Gelfling membership, if you can buy a gift membership for a friend or even an anonymous Max Funster who can't afford a membership themselves, they don't have to be a Gelfling, but they can be. Just go to mm. MaximumFun.org slash join. Again, that's MaximumFun.org slash join. Memberships start at only $5 a month, and right at that $5 a month, you get access to all of our bonus content. We've got a lot of bonus content over the years. This year, we've got a, a very special one. Uh, listeners may know that we were running uh, some brackets online for, so that you, the listeners, could vote on what movie we would do a full-length audio commentary for. Well, we did it. We just actually recorded it a couple days before this recording. So much fun. It was so much fun. We recorded a commentary for the movie Cats. We brought in our good friends, Natalie Walker and Jenny Jaffe, who joined us for that episode. They joined us again for it, and it was so much fun to reshare <laughs> Cats with them, and we know you're going to enjoy listening to us giddy over over so uh, many moments in that I movie. I gotta say, uh, you know, over here on the east coast of the Flop House, uh, Audrey got some great video of Stuart and me and Natalie uh, watching the movie w- with our headphones on and reacting to it. Uh, particularly Natalie's excitement at various oh, moments, there was, like when there was Skimble a moment, Shanks showed up. To, not to spoil it, but there's a moment where Natalie remembers that Skimble Shanks will come up later in the movie, and yeah, her yeah, delight yeah. is infectious. But uh, I'm, I'll, I will share a few of those videos on the, the Flophouse Instagram and Twitter and such. But we've also got years of other bonus content. You haven't listened to it. We did some special episodes about TV shows. We played a number of role-playing games that Stuart led us through. There's I think hours, we're going to do some more at some and we, point. And we might, we'll definitely do some more at some point. Where There's hours and hours of bonus content that you will have access to in addition to this year's new bonus content, the full-length Cats commentary. Now, as we said, some of our members can afford more than others. That's where those gift memberships come in. With a gift membership, you can help someone else gain access to all that great content while also getting that amazing, warm, smug feeling that we all love that comes from helping someone else and being like, yeah, I did that. They owe me, but they'll never find out why. Um, so, and if you that, if you buy a gift membership, does the recipient get that bonus content? Yes, they do. So, thank you so much, everybody, for joining. Uh, and the most important thing is knowing that we need this money, and also that we appreciate that you're giving us this money, that you're supporting artists like us that you like. But in addition, wait, is there more than the bonus content? That's right. We've got a couple Possibly. of go go goals. That's right. Not go 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 ghosts, but go 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 goals. Don't be afraid of them. And if we reach. 1,900 new or upgrading members. And again, we're thankful to all of our members who stick with us, even if you don't upgrade. But if you do upgrade or you join with us, if you have 1,900 people, we will do a another one of our kind of raffle drawings. We did these uh, last year, I think. Uh, we'll do another mm-hmm. raffle drawing where we'll pick random names uh, from our donors, from our pledgers, and you will get a special giveaway from one of us. I'm going to give away some signed Maniac of New York comic books like I did last year. Uh, you guys, what do you plan on giving away? I uh, Last year I did drawings. I, I, I was I was kind of open, I said, of a character that you want. I, I'm going to, this year, I think I'm going to be like if uh, if there's Nudes a movie, only. <laughs> if there's a movie you like, a particular movie that you like, your favorite movie. I'll do a drawing of a scene from it or a character from it and uh, make it make it thematic to the Flophouse. Uh, and those will be Dan McCoy originals. And you heard him, you Sonic Pregnant the movie. You get asked for the scene and you'll draw. <laughs> yep. oh, and, no. and I think I got some merch. I own a couple of bars and all those bars have merch. So something might come your way. So you get some special personalized stuff from the Flophouse. It'd be great. That's if we reach 1,900 new and uh, upgrading members. We'll have a raffle of all our donors and We'll send those out. Uh, goal two. There's another goal. If we reach 2,300 new and upgrading members, that's only 400 the more than the that. previous goal. We're going to do another movie commentary. That's right. It's going to be. Was this? I think this was the second place winner. The runner up in the in the brackets. Country Bears. That's yes. right. We'll do a full length Country Bears audio commentary that you can you know 
just play it while you watch the movie and it'll be hilarious. I mean, for a we second, pro- I saw Elliot's face and I thought he was about to say food fight and I, <laughs> it would have crushed me. Well, well, I don't know, Stu, because here comes goal number three. Goal number two, if we reach 2,300, we'll do that Country Bears commentary. Goal number three, if we reach, if we, if we reach, I'll <laughs> if say we it again. Reach. If we reach 3,000 new and upgrading members, we are going to do quarterly movie commentaries every three months for the year we'll do a movie commentary you know one of them's gonna have to be food fight sorry Stu it's gonna happen <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gonna happen point. but only if we reach 3,000 new and upgrading <laughs> members torture Stu show him your love by torturing him with food fight so please go to MaximumFun.org slash join right now don't wait to do it do it right now I'm gonna have another pitch for you in a little bit just in case you forget but please join right now MaximumFun.org slash join and we now return to the Atom Project already in progress so Dan for any Anyone who uh, was is going to pause the tape yes, to go yeah. join at maximumfund.org slash join. Can you please explain where we are in the Adam Project? Uh, well, we've uh, learned that Zoe Saldana is uh, still alive, but not not for long. Spoiler Laura. alert, Laura. Or did we did Laura. we do that part? Laura. We didn't did do that part yet. No, we didn't okay. do that part yet. But she and uh, and the Adams are going to go off and uh, fix history. And I got to say. I texted you something to this effect, but like the first act of this movie is, you know, junk food, but I wasn't minding it that much. Like uh, I was like, uh, this is not such a great movie. Like I, I don't enjoy the constant stream of quips back yeah, and forth, but, fair. but there's a certain charm to Ryan Reynolds, like just bumming around with his younger self uh, in his life that the, that once the, plot of the movie actually kicks in I feel like the quality of this film drops precipitously I feel like as soon as any action happens I lose any interest in what's going on in this movie and that's where we're at where the action starts thank you so much for that update and also that personal uh, story about how you feel. Well, I, I think that's really lovely. It. Yeah, yeah, it really makes it, it brings it home. So, okay, uh, they go off, so the baddies, they show up, uh-oh, they found Laura's survival shack, and she's like, old and young Adam, leave, save the day, and while she becomes a quipping badass and is just like, boom, and stuff blows up, and you know, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Eventually, the, young, the Adams uh, jump back in time uh, in the jet, and then Sorian kills Laura. She just shoots her with her jet lasers. Uh, the Adams get chased by Sorian and Christos, and I couldn't tell here if this they had already jumped back in time or not. Uh, but yeah. they pull some fancy maneuvers to hide, and then they jump back to 2018. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I guess they didn't jump back yet. Okay. Um, the important thing is, they jump back to 2018, they go and audit their dad's class at college, and we see that Mark Ruffalo is one of those cool professors who is pretty <laughs> quippy with his students and only talks about the most broadest principles of the subject. Yeah. There's all these equations on the board behind him, and he's just like, hey, the thing about physics is you'll never see the end of it. You're going to do your work, and future generations will build on it long after you're dead. Anyway, that's my time. Got to go, everybody. I'm getting the light. Yeah, that that part also annoyed me because he's like, he's like giving the message – He's telling them, like, hey, don't be afraid of failure. Like, failure is good. You're not going to get anywhere without failing first. And I'm like, this is a great message, Mark Ruffalo, that absolutely would not be taught in the middle of, like, a math class. <laughs> no. And and then uh, he says, he goes, as the Romans said, it's later than you think. And Ryan Reynolds goes, uh, actually, that's from a song. And he's like, well, it is from that song, but the Romans said it first. So it's every dad's dream of their son trying to correct them and then them double correcting their son. Mm. Yes. Oh, it's a, when it happens, it's a sterling thing. Put him and in they, his place. And they, like, they walk in and see their dad. 
And there is, I feel like it felt like five minutes of just shots of their faces and like music swells. And I'm like, who loves their fucking dad? Well, <laughs> but they needed all of those shots back and forth because that's how like Mark Ruffalo like immediately intuits Instantly. Instantly. that these are both his son from and it's crazy. different times in like, the future. If you ask, I spend a lot of time wondering what is my what are my kids going to look what are my son's going to look like when they're older because I wouldn't have guessed that my son looks my older son would look the way he is now when he was a baby although I have to admit he looks just like his grandfather when his grandfather was a kid so that was kind of a, a gimme and and the younger one looks like I looked when I was his age but it's like I wonder who what kind of person is he going to be what is he going to look like and yet if I mean, my looks son looks aren't everything Elliot no no but it, <laughs> yeah you got to learn that lesson Elliot. they are Come in my on. family we're a family of famous <laughs> models too the, yeah uh, so, my mistake. Yeah, the uh, famous boys well, I, modeling academy. That's all. It's family. Yeah, um, but if my if my son as a grown up walked up to me, I wouldn't be like Sammy. I would be like, "Who's this man? What's going on? I don't know who this man is." Can I help why you, is he sir? Talking are you to in me the wrong Guy class? Lombardo. <laughs> because he because because he has the same musical interest as the characters in Guys and Dolls. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the. Uh, so they, he immediately goes, you're Adam, aren't you? This is about time travel, isn't it? And it's so funny that the movie is like, whatever, who cares? Like, they, they just pick it up. We don't want to waste time confusing him. Or, or convincing him. And they do what is the funniest thing to me in this movie, which is they're walking across the campus talking very loudly about how they're from the future and how time travel is creating all these paradoxes. And then they start punching each other in the face for some reason and nobody on the quad notices, cares, listens. If if my professor was walking around <laughs> having a loud argument with someone and then they started punching each other, I would at the very least run over to see if he was okay. Yeah, or yeah. Like yeah. Call campus my fucking security. phone, get that shit, send it right over to what is New York. It, you'd, I, you'd, you'd, upload, you'd upload it to YouTube with the, with the title, this professor found this professor met his son from the future and you'll never guess what happens next it's also this case of like mark ruffalo immediately is like super principled can't mess with the time stream yeah. like arguing d does not let any word in edgewise at first and then but then which like okay fine it feels contrived but fine but then as soon as he learns what the future is like and what's going on, he's still like, yeah, but we should probably just let it happen like well, that. Well, it reminds me, there's all these stories where like someone goes back in time and kills Hitler as a child and then an even worse dictator arises and it's yeah. like, mm, I kind of get what you're saying, but at the same time, I don't really think there's anybody worse than that. Like this is <laughs> yeah. this, this seems like an unlikely this is an unlikely argument for not killing Hitler. So when they're like, <laughs> "Hey, your boss went back in time and became Hitler," and he's like, "We shouldn't change anything." It's like uh, I don't. It's a worst case scenario. Yeah, I don't know what you're making kill, better. If you go back in time and kill Hitler, and then a worse guy comes. I think the answer is really clear. You just go back in time and kill that guy. Go back and kill that guy. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. the thing about time travel is that yep, you kill that infinite, guy as a baby. Man. Here's yeah, the secret. Here's the, <laughs> look, here's the secret to anyone wondering. Everyone started as a baby. You can always go back to when a bad guy was a baby. Always do He's it. Never, there's no bad guy that that Benjamin Button came out as Hitler. They are always a baby uh, first. Elliot, also, I now I want a, <laughs> you to write a book that's it's like a like uh you know one of those like gift books that just have like w like a like a I don't know like a deep thoughts or whatever. It's like unlikely reasons for not killing Hitler. <laughs> like, it's one like, of the unlikeliest like, reasons. <laughs> it's also here's it always bugs me when they go back to kill Hitler in stories and he's a baby. 
baby. And they're like, I can't do it. It's not fair to kill him before he's committed his crimes. It's like, uh, do it. Like, come on, everybody. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's got the mustache. You know who he is. He's a baby <laughs> with a mustache. You've seen the future. He's not going to change, right? Yeah, like, this, is, you... this isn't Minority Report where we're guessing at what the future is going to be. Like, he had free will. He used it in the worst way possible. Let's just take him off the board, shall we? So I guess what I'm saying is if you if you have a time machine, you're thinking about killing Hitler, but you're squeamish about suffocating a baby, tag me in. Send me yeah. out there. I'll just go do it. That's fine. You know, um, if they, if you're worried about changing the future, I will. Yeah, just yeah, exactly. Look me up, Task This this is why I should get on Task I'm not on it, but I should get on it in case. And I'll and I'll but say skills killing baby Hitler, and then nothing else. Hire me for that. Anyway, so uh, they're talking to him, and he feels guilty about creating the technology that Sorian uses to become the future Lady Hitler. Uh, but he's like, hey, but you guys need to leave. We can't have any more time conundrums. And old young, old Adam really resents Dad, and young Adam just wants some time with him. And uh, and Dad is like, no, we can't do it, and don't tell me about when I die. Um, and this is when I was like, why didn't they go back to before Sorian showed up? Why did they go back to the year that she showed up? It doesn't really, yeah. again, go back to when Sorian was a baby, like, and, and take yeah, her out. Yeah, go back when there is isn't a ticking clock. Like when you yeah, have exactly. a little bit more time, you can deal with this shit. Uh, old Sorian visits young Sorian and young Sorian is like, I'm feeling kind of weird about all the stock tips you've been giving me. And old Sorian's like, well, that's too bad because we need to go kill a kid. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so drink up. And uh, so young Adam and old Adam have a heart to heart. And old Adam's like, I'm mad that dad was never around. And young Adam is like, dad was around a lot. You're mad that dad died. And you're remembering him as worse than he was. So you feel less sad about it. And it's easier to be angry than sad. And that's what I'm learning. And old Adam is that like, hey, wise, you're right. Yeah. You're right. It's, he's wise yeah. beyond his years because he's met himself from the future. Uh, and dad is anxious about his sons. So the next day he talks to his to Jennifer Garner about it. And she's like, hey, you don't need to be a perfect dad. You just need to be there for your son. And the mom, who has not been quippy up to this point, is extremely quippy here. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's where he gets it. Okay, yeah. I understand. Uh, the old, old and young Adams, they go to the Saurian headquarters to blow up the time <laughs> reactor. It is weirdly deserted. Nobody seems to work there. Maybe they went on Yom Kippur. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, it was Christmas <laughs> yeah. or something. Like, there's nobody there. You know, they, they got Cesar Chavez day off. Great. Okay, good. There's nobody at work today. Uh, and... But the bad guys show up from the future. Young Adam, does he use his video game skills to pilot a drone to blow Absolutely. up bad guys? You bet he does. Does it hit him at any point that he is murdering people and their blood is on his hands or their dust? Nope, doesn't that seem to be bothered by it. one of the wild it. things is how quickly they escalate to no. like just straight murdering no, no, people. No, Denise Richards yeah. is one of the wild things. That's true. She is one <laughs> of the true. wild things. So wait, so the movie where the Nev wild things Campbell? are. It's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Nev so, Campbell, so the, I pronounced The movie and book where the wild things are is about a kid <laughs> going to an island where Nev Campbell and Denise Richards live. That's correct. And yeah. Kevin Bacon's dick. And then the wild rumpus starts. Okay. <laughs> so the wild rumpus is very different than I thought it was. That is some it's rumpus. It's a very it's erotic a, rumpus. It'd be so funny. Maurice Sendak Why are you looking at me, Dan? You know. more. Don't Maurice, act like you haven't seen well things. <laughs> yeah. Maurice Sendak is talking to is talking to his publisher and they're like, you gotta change this scene where this kid pours champagne all over Denise Richards' breasts. Like we can't have this. And he's like, but I was gonna work with the Gushers people. We had a big contract. Anyway, uh so they're at the HQ, uh, and uh it looks like old, old Adam is gonna be killed when a car 
sideswipes him and and smashes into another car, thus causing the bad guys to disappear. It's Mark Ruffalo. That's right. Dad showed up at the exact moment he needed to be there yep. to killing smash people. a car. Killing people. Everyone killing does people. They, they, they're, they're, look, they're a family. They're in love and they kill people. And Dad the, is like- There's also a moment when young Adam uses the drone to blast some baddies. And again- Blast him with an AOE attack does not hurt old Adam at all. Doesn't touch him, just kills only baddies. It's pretty impressive. And, and, and was, young Adam says, I'm definitely keeping this when this is over. And it's like, wait, you're keeping a drone you use to murder people? That's not okay. That's not something you should have. You're a kid. Nobody should. I mean, adults shouldn't have that as the New York Times made clear in a in a special report today. Thank you. Oh boy. Yeah. Makes me very unhappy. But anyway, the uh but anyway, the dad shows up and he's mm-hmm. like, Look, as a team, as a family, we're not gonna we're gonna destroy the hard drive that has the only copy of the time travel algorithm on it. That's mm. what's going to save the day. Uh, but while they're there, Sorian shows up, old and new, and uh, they demand the drive, and old Sorian ends up holding a gun to young Adam's head. But young Adam in a, okay, it's like he hits her hand, which causes yeah. the gun to fire, and the, the reactor is a magnet. Oh, I forgot to mention the reactor, they're in the reactor room, and it has a magnet capability, but the magnet yeah. only pulls things that are necessary for the plot Yes. To be pulled, so well, like, or or, or at the to exact show off. moment, it's necessary. At the exact moment, so like the buttons on people's clothing get pulled off and pulled to the magnet, zapped style. Uh-huh. But then she's holding a gun, she fires a bullet, and the bullet gets pulled by the reactor to hit her young self. And it's like, well, I don't know why the gun was never pulled by the reactor. It's full of metal. And Mark Ruffalo later is like, I knew those guns, had, those bullets have a metal core. And so the reactor would pull it once it was fired. Yeah. It's like, wait, so the well, reactor didn't know there were bullets in there until they came out of the gun? That's like, the thing. There are, that's not there how are, magnets work. There are non-magnetic metals, but the fact that there was a magnetic bullet in there, if it was if it was powerful enough to change the course of the bullet, like wanted style, yeah, it should have pulled the gun away. And he's earlier. like, I knew the I knew the reactor would pull the bullet to exactly where Young Saurian was standing too, which is nuts. And it was also it takes a so Young Saurian you can tell is very un, un is not okay with all the gun shooting that Old Saurian is doing. And I expected there to be a moment where Young Saurian jumps in the path of that bullet yes. and sacrifices herself on purpose as an as an De- definitive, definite, like uh, on purpose. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The 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 opposite of an accident, as a deliberate act. Is and yeah, she okay. does it as a deliberate act to save the future. But instead, she's just standing in the wrong place at the wrong time. And it was like, <laughs> oh, okay. So Catherine Keener yep, didn't deep fake Catherine <laughs> Keener didn't get her hero moment, and uh, the Saurians disappear. Uh, it cracks the big electromagnet reactor even more, and metal stuff is flying everywhere. Of course, they're going to have fights, and their weapons do not get pulled over to the metal stuff. Only the bad guy's armor gets so, pulled over. Wait a minute, I got a question about this. So if young Saurian dies. And then old Saurian dies immediately. Yes, but, like time. But cop. your but your memory doesn't change until you go back to your own time. Mm. Yeah, you got to go back in time. No, yeah. but well, wait. <laughs> shouldn't wouldn't it have worked the same way? Wouldn't she have been fine until she went back to her own time, and then she would have died? Yeah, I think so. so but that's okay. not what happens. Yeah, yeah. But that's, <laughs> okay, cool. I think you're right, but that's not what happened. And okay, cool. uh, there's a. There's a lot of oh, the uh, oh you know what I I skipped I skipped ahead past all the fight anyway there's lots of fighting and blah 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 and that stuff happens uh, and yeah and the dad acts like he knew it was going to happen they all Christos run from the dies react. yep I I skipped over the fact where young Adam does a superhero landing with his with his mm-hmm. lightsaber and all that anyway uh, Christos dies they all run from the reactor just as they escape just as it explodes uh, and they're fine uh, they're, uh-huh. yeah. they, they run behind blast-proof doors, and it's one of those uh-huh. where uh, his dad is like, uh, "If this thing explodes, it'll kill every living thing in a, within a hundred miles." 
once they're outside those doors, everyone's fine. So I guess he was yeah, just, yeah. just, he was yeah, like yeah, me yeah. when I tell my children, don't jump on a, on the top of the bunk bed because you'll fall off and your head will crack open and you'll die, which never yes. happens. He was just exaggerating to, to scare his kids. Um, they've saved the day. Uh, old, young Sorian, rather than saving the day herself, has just been an <laughs> innocent bystander <laughs> to a magnetized future bullet. And dad says, hey, I know I could tell in your face from your faces that I'm dead where you come from. Don't tell me how or when I die. It's not, I don't need to change the future anymore. I love both of them. I'm proud of them. Hey, let's play catch until you go back to the future. Yeah. And I, I want to say, <laughs> sorry. I like, I, I, okay. I was actually kind of moved by when Mark Ruffalo, cause he's Mark Ruffalo. Come on guys. Yeah. yeah he's a great actor. He's Mark a great actor. Yeah. He's in the cut. Until, until until we find out something terrible about him, I'll just praise him and say he's a great actor. You know. Yeah. yeah. Kept telling Ryan Reynolds, "Hey, you know, I love I love you. I love you. You're like you've always been special to me. I love you." Like he says it over and over again. Yeah. In a in a way that like I found generally moving because it actually made sense that Ryan Reynolds, quippy Ryan Reynolds, would need that much to break through. Yeah. To like to the get soft shell. inner core. But then <laughs> to the gusher but, to the pee inside the gusher, yeah. But yes, then they're like, you. "Oh, what do we do until we go back?" And I'm like, "Fuck you, movie," because I could see what was coming, and yet, sure enough, they're gonna have a catch. And I, I, I the movie's uh, obsession <laughs> with father son catch as like the one thing that like it is such a cliche. It is. Think of another but I'll goddamn thing. But I'll tell like, you this, I Dan. have many fond memories this. of my father. I have some less fond as. You know, anyone who has a family yeah. understands, but sure. none of them involved a goddamn catch. <laughs> like, find something more interesting. I'll say I'll say two things, Dan. One is agreeing and one is disagreeing. First, the disagreeing. Okay. When I play catch with my son, it's pretty special. It's, it's like sure. there's a moment when you and your child are in tune in a way that's beyond words. You are just physically moving kind of in a way that is in rhythm with each other. You have to cooperate for this thing to work. You're not competing. You're it's just total cooperation and it's mm. and you don't have to say anything and you're just kind of like merging on a on a soul level. It is very special. On the other hand, if you're going to make a time travel movie, don't put baseball in it cuz frequency exists and it's a much better movie. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're gonna watch a time travel movie that has baseball in it, you go watch Frequency. It's a much better or movie. Or if you want to have Jim a, it's a much better a movie about dads and sons. If you want a moving dad catch, go to Field of Dreams. You don't need to yeah. bring time travel into it. At least that's a movie about baseball, so it makes uh -huh. perfect well, sense. Well, so Frequency is also a movie about baseball, but still, the uh, the and it's about dads and also about dads. Yeah, there's better. What we're saying is there's better dad catch movies. So stop doing it. Yeah. Uh, and so, but what's well, it's also one of the things where it's like, well, old Sorian disappeared as soon as young Sorian died. You two will eventually fade away into your proper times. We don't know when that's going to happen. I guess we'll kill some time. So they play I, catch until they fade away. <laughs> yeah, they suddenly disappear, and I thought it would be hilarious if that's what killed Mark Ruffalo. He had a heart attack when they suddenly both disappeared. <laughs> From the shock of it. Uh, be, I love that because then it's a time paradox. You know, yeah. that's great. Uh, what came first, uh, the chicken or the chicken dying of a heart attack when its egg disappeared? Uh, yep. Old Adam tells young Adam, hey, give mom a hug for me. Now we go back to young Adam. He gives mom a hug, a big hug, and she's kind of surprised by it. By it. Then we're in the future. Adam is at a space lecture, and uh, Ryan Reynolds, when Laura walks in and sits next to him, they immediately start quip flirting, and he yeah. says, hey, you're in the wrong room in the wrong building. I'll walk you to where you're supposed to go. And she goes, are you sure? And he goes, I've got time. 
and they Elliot, get up and are leave. Are you telling me this movie does the ending of Irreversible? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, not exactly. Not basically, really. <laughs> technically I'm correct. So, I don't I, on a very <laughs> technical level, maybe. Uh, but it is there. There, that is the one constant in the universe and along all time frames is that Laura and Adam will fall in love with each other. Uh, and he's a student, and she's a guest lecturer. So I guess it's implied that there's an age differential there, but I don't yeah. know what it is. I guess and he's also he wasting life. her time with so many quips when she comes in. Before it says that she's a guest lecturer, I'm like, she's trying to listen to the fucking like thing, dude. She's here to get educated anyway. Yeah. Stop um, doing anyway. bits, so, dude. Yeah. yeah, stop doing, but he can't stop doing bits. And that's the Adam Project, the the the, the project to create a man who's all quips and bits and, <laughs> has, and doesn't Success. know what feelings are. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's the Adam Project. Uh, guys, how do you feel about it? What's your final judgment about it? Final judgments, where we say whether this is a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie we liked. Uh, like I said, during the first part of the movie, I kind of thought like, oh, okay, this is junk food, but junk food has its place. Like, I don't love it, but I could see this being like an amiable time waster, let's sure, call yeah, it. Yeah. But then as soon as the plot kicked in, I'm like, I do not care about any of this. And part of it is because, as Elliot says, the movie doesn't seem to care. Like, I think people misunderstand the idea of stakes where they think like, oh, you know, your, mo your yeah, movie has delicious. to have stakes. And, like, and the makers of the Adam Project would be <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah like <laughs> we're saving the whole world. We're saving the future. We have, you know, like our, we have high stakes. Uh, but. It's. I mean, it's don't not put him too high. I'm it's, short. I can't reach him. <laughs> no, it's a good way to kill giants. It names. has to be a thing that you're making a connection to. Like it has to feel real, and that's what this doesn't have, and what makes it ultimately just kind of boring noise in the background. So I'm gonna say, uh, you know, I I kind of liked it at the beginning, but ultimately bad, bad. Guys, I think. I think I'm. I think I've reached my fill of Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I don't think I need any more. It's like it's I always. Oh, sorry, I don't see same. him doing. I don't. I don't see him doing a project where he doesn't just do his thing. Yes, and that's fine, man. That's if people like it, but that's that's not my bag. Um, it, it's always like, it's always disappointing when you reach that point with someone who you kind who you genuinely kind of like for a little bit, and then you've seen what they can do, and you get kind of tired. I feel like I was thinking about. Um, I was like, I don't, I didn't always not like Chris Pratt. Like when he was on Parks and Rec, I was like, there's a reason this guy is a mm -hmm. breakout performer on this show. And then he just does the same thing over and over again. And you're like, yeah. okay, I've seen what he can do. Like that's, I'm, I'm done. I'm over it. I feel like, yeah, with and, Ryan Reynolds is similar. And he's a weirdo. And, and he's like, a, well, and this was before his weirdo yeah. stuff came out. But Ryan but, Reynolds, who I don't know if is a weirdo. It, yeah, it's like, we've seen what he can do and he just keeps doing it. And it's like, all right. And uh, and yesterday I was talking to my buddy Alejandro Arbona about uh, the movie The Lost City, a movie I have not seen, but the trailer looks very amiable. Mm -hmm. um, but apparently there is a point where Ryan Reynolds was attached to play the Channing Sandra Tatum Bullock? character. Oh, and I could only imagine like I f that would automatically change like Channing Tatum's you know like goofy charm to like yeah. this wisecracking asshole character. Uh, uh, and make a movie that I would definitely not be interested in seeing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, this is a movie that it kind of, it's not, I didn't like it. It's not a movie that reaches kind of like completely bad, bad status for me because it's such, it's like just such, maybe it it's does. Candy. It's candy. Like, it's candy. It's slick, disposable candy. It never, 
it's never really trying that hard to be more than it is, which in some movies is a strength. But in this, yep. it just kind of feels like a movie that's on autopilot. No pun intended because he's a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think pun is definitely intended. But the, uh, the, the sheer volume of quips just Even is so— <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the sheer—I did intend it. The sheer volume of quips is so— deafening and so stultifying and i guess what i was talking about earlier when watching this movie made me think around the time he's walking through the woods with a flashlight it made me think about et he does that he walks into his backyard which is a cornfield inexplicably with a flashlight uh, or a wheat field or something and why do i like that movie so much more and it's like that movie takes its time in certain ways it has a sense of life to it you see the characters interact in ways that feel like real people that don't necessarily have to have a plot like, when you see Elliot's older brothers playing Dungeons & Dragons, it's not like, oh, these are the skills that are going to help them out with the bad guys later on. Like, yep. it's just a thing kids do. When you see young Adam playing video games, you kind of know because it's that kind of movie that he's going to use those skills later on to to pilot a drone that murders people. And it's just – it's a movie that, like, is so on autopilot that when it's dropping plot exposition, it's just kind of – Oh, yeah, what did we forget to mention? There's a bad guy. Anyway, there's a bad guy. Anyway, moving along, da-da-da-da. And so it's mm-hmm. when it does reach for an emotional height, it almost feels a little insulting. And by the end of the movie, it's being so kind of slapdash and goofy in a, in, an, in, a, in a sloppy way that it's almost like the movie is like, you'll watch any crap. Just let's shove yeah. it down. You're like, you're watching Enjoy it, your you're slop, moron. piggies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yes. And I'm sure the people making it, we're trying really hard. I'm sure the performers were trying hard. Whoever the writers, I'm sure, were just trying to get maximum jokes and maximum fun into it. But it all yeah. comes together as this, yeah, it's kind of like a generic slop stew that they're just gonna like. It, That's it, what it, they it, call it, them, it, generic slop stew. It goes, hey, <laughs> it, it like it comes. It's like it comes in a can from uh, from Repo Man that just says movie on it, and you just mm-hmm. open it up and pour it in a big chunk onto a bowl. So I'm gonna, I am gonna say bad, bad. You know what? I am gonna say bad, bad. But you know what's wow. not bad, bad, guys? Mm, it's the feel, the feeling of being part of the Maximum Fun family. Hey, let's talk about the Maximum Fun Drive for one one more time. How about pro. that? So the thing I love most about doing the flop house, other than being able to consistently pay my mortgage and keep a roof over my head every month, is that it gives me a reason every week to see my best friends and to talk to them about stuff Aww. like the Adam Project. Every week I get to see my best friends because recording this podcast, and that means so much to me. And the thing that I'm most proud of about the flop house is the community that's built up around it. There are people who have become friends through the podcast. There have been romances that blossom because of the podcast. And it's inspiring to me that in this time of strife and division, something as objectively stupid as this podcast, where we did a lot of jokes about gushers being filled with pee and bears pooping on Tommyknockers, can bring people together in a community-minded way. I just want to break in. I know that I know that uh, there was a baby that was adopted through a connection made through the podcast, and I find that very touching. I've seen yeah. pictures of this adorable little, little kid. Uh, and, yeah, it's so nice to know that there are people out there who, I don't know, just because we— <laughs> made fun of some movies have uh have had their lives improved in some measurable way it makes me feel i don't it's you know it's 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 yeah you can having, talk about it it's, okay. it's a wonderful yeah, Dan, life in, right. in real yeah. in real life you know yeah. to feel like hey you know this dumb thing has mattered in some way yeah the good part of it's a wonderful life not the bad yeah the, not the like, part where we're in pottersville and uh yeah yeah or know, we're gonna I mean, jump although off pottersville a bridge looks and, like 
fun to visit, you know? There's an there's an article that I think was in New Yorker years ago about how Pottersville is the is the fun place and Pottersville yeah. is actually better than Bedford Falls. But anyway, uh I want to say the the community that's that's built up around this uh around this podcast, much like a town that that builds up around a shrine to a miracle that never really happened, is something that really touches <laughs> me and I think about it a lot and I'm really very both proud and grateful for it. And we've received a number of private messages over the years from people who have found solace or hope from the flop house. At times they really needed it. I think the podcast is functioned for each of us in that same way. It's kind of given us solace yep. at times and and helped cast, kept keep us going. Uh, there was a story that I won't get into too much because it was a very private story about someone who at a very, very, very difficult time in their life uh, found themselves kind of uh, sparked to go on by a letters song that I did, <laughs> which is an awesome power that I do not take lightly, but I will abuse as much as possible. Um, <laughs> And uh, so Fine, maximum you can fun. Keep singing, Elliot. <laughs> I'm gonna, Dan. It's a responsibility that I have to do. Look, I'm like Spider Man. Yeah. If I, if yeah. there's someone out there that can be helped by a letter song, I have to do it. Uh, so maximum fun. They helped us get some comments from listeners about what the show meant to them, and I wanted to read one. Uh, we might read some other ones, another uh, pledge drive ones. This is from Claire, last name withheld, and she wrote to us about dealing with chronic illness and how it left her stuck in kind of hospital rooms or at home far more often than she'd like to be, obviously. And she said. Lucky for me, you don't really have to exert yourself much at all to listen to you three eminently cultured gentlemen talk about bad movies like Ouija for literally longer than the movie's runtime. Parentheses, <laughs> shout out to the best of us, Hallie Hagland. I spend so much of my time stuck, stuck someplace and usually alone, but your podcast has brought me the company of friends to pass the time and stories to help me escape my, shall we say, inconvenient circumstances, which can sometimes weigh on me heavily. Movies are my lifeblood, and I love sharing the bad movie-loving experience with you in my own little way. Thank you all for continuing this journey into just the worst cinematic forays of all time for all these years. I truly am grateful for what you have given me. And we're so grateful to, to hear things like that from fans. It really means a lot. Uh, she then went on to say that she went to one of our live shows once and was hoping to get our autographs, but we left too early. Uh, oh. And so I'm really sorry about that. And <laughs> Claire, if you're, if you're going to go to another one of our live shows someday, DM me. I will make sure to stick around and say hello afterwards. I feel so bad about that. But it means so much to us to get letters like that from our fans. It's really exciting to know that we've connected with people and people we otherwise never would have met. If, to me, that's the magic of being an artist of any kind is when your work connects with somebody who otherwise would not be a part of your life and whose life you otherwise wouldn't be a part of. And podcasting is especially special because it's such an intimate medium that even though I'm talking to Dan and Stuart, I'm also talking to you. And even though you can talk to me, I won't hear you because I'm already recorded. But in a way, I will hear but you, you if you reach out to you can build an Elliot doll. Uh -huh. Yeah, we're mashed potatoes. Uh, Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. It make an Elliot out of mashed potatoes <laughs> and talk to it and go on a journey to meet me, uh, which would be weird. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, and Devil's so tower. now that I've and I've had I've had so many of these experiences where people have reached out to me and and just talked about how much the podcast meant to them, and it's and it's really lovely. And so now that I've plucked your heartstrings, it's time to pluck those wallet strings again <laughs> and wow. say, hey, when you go to maximumfun.org/slash/join, what do you get for your membership? Well. I'll just talk very briefly about it because I don't think you're interested in this because of the stuff you get. I think you're interested in it in the stuff you can give, which is namely money to us <laughs> in exchange for podcasts. So, uh, you know, the, the bonus content you get starting at $5 a month, you get all those many hours of bonus content. And again, if we reach our new membership goals, you're going to get even more. The floodgates will open of content. Uh, at $10 a month, you get uh, your choice of Maximum Fun podcast patches. Uh, this year, we're giving out patches for all the shows and the Flophouse patch is really nice. It's the house cat himself bursting through the patch with his baseball cap backwards on his head. He's got a big old smile on his face. I love it. It's my favorite of the patches. I'm a little partial, though. But there's other gifts. At $20 a month, there's the uh, 
Maximum Fun Rocket Hat or the Maximum Fun Creativity Pack, which is a bunch of art supplies and things. Uh, at $35 a month, there's a Maximum Fun Messenger Bag. Uh, <laughs> and another way to get involved in that Flophouse Maximum Fun community is if you're at $100 a month, you get HQ access, which gives you exclusive quarterly virtual hang time with Maximum Fun hosts and staff. And you get your name engraved on a plaque, which will be at Maximum Fun HQ forever. That's right. If you've walked past a wall in a synagogue or national park and seen a name <laughs> engraved on a plaque and said, I want that, well, now you can for $100 a month at Maximum Fun HQ. So we're just going to say, will you please join us as a member? If you haven't joined us yet, please join us as a member. If Or if you have joined us, please consider upgrading to one of the higher uh, monthly membership uh, levels. Or if you're already a member and you just want to keep it going, we thank you for that, too. We really appreciate it. Uh, we want new people to come in. We want people to upgrade their membership. But don't think we're giving a cold shoulder to those old standbys who have been with us all this time. Thank you for being a friend down the road and back again. So that's You're maximum. literally putting food in my mouth. Thank you. Yep. Mm. Right now with your hands. <laughs> so, yep. uh, so that's, mm, And for $200 a month, you get to go to Dan's house and put food in his mouth. Anyway, oh, uh, get in touch with him personally about that. So that's mm. MaximumFun.org slash join maximumfund.org slash join to help us continue this Flophouse community of love and dumbness that uh, has brought so many people <laughs> together and into our lives. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and so we do have a couple of sponsors. Normally during Max Fund Drive, we don't have sponsors. This is kind of an odd situation. This drops right before the drive, so... Uh, it's a loophole. It's a loophole. <laughs> loophole sure. the third. Uh, but uh, I'd oh, like man. to talk Gentleman to you... Thief. <laughs> Briefly about uh, Squarespace, which is a, a service you can use to uh, build a website, put together a website. It will help you build your brand, grow your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website from uh, Squarespace. You can use it to engage your audience, sell anything, products, content, your time, whatever you like. I uh, have used it to self-promote. Uh, I have my Squarespace website, danmccoywriter.com. Um, danmccoywriterdie.com? No, well, that also <laughs> yep. exists now. Thank you to whoever bought that and put up <laughs> a stock photo of a, of a man on a motorcycle with my face over it. Um, but, uh, yeah. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated SEO, that's search engine optimization features and useful guides that help maximize prominence in search results. You can sell your products on an online store, whether you sell physical or digital projects, uh, products, rather. Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. And all of Squarespace's websites are optimized for mobile. Content automatically adjusts so your site looks great on any device, which is very important since most of us are staring at these things on our phone these days. Head to squarespace.com slash flop for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code flop, F-L-O-P, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey guys, it's me, Stuart Wellington, and you might not know, but in addition to being a himbo podcaster, I also <laughs> own a couple of bars. And owning a bar, a small business, uh, but specifically a nightlife business at this uh, now and forever, is a stressful job. Uh, there's your normal stress of day-to-day -day, uh, ordering and staffing, et cetera, et cetera, and then you have your 
let's say, abnormal stress when a bartender calls you at 1130 at night because there's a person in the bar who is being very threatening and was refusing to leave. And so you have to go down and then uh, ask that person to leave and he's very threatening and he calls you a bitch. Uh, but you have to watch him, make sure he gets on a bus, et cetera, et cetera, that sort of thing. Um, and so- For example. I, for example, <laughs> just to get pulling something out of the air. Um, yeah. But because of that, my life has a fair amount of stress. And one of the things that's been helping me is therapy. Now, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And BetterHelp is one of the options you have to uh, find therapy online. Now, BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Uh, and it's often more affordable than in-person therapy. So if you've been considering therapy, you're looking for a way to de-stress your life a little bit by talking to somebody, uh, this might be a good option for you. So... Flophouse listeners get 10% off of their first month at betterhelp.com slash flop, F-L-O-P. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash flop. Max Fun Drive 2022 starts in just one week. Monday, April 25th. We'll have exclusive Max Fun Drive gifts, awesome episodes, bonus content, and you know what else? You'll just have to tune in. We have some tricks up our sleeve. Sleeves? Tricks? Is it plural? We'll catch you next week, the greatest time to support the podcasts you love. Max Fun Drive starts on Monday, April 25th. Don't miss it. If you're sick of constantly arguing with the people closest to you about topics that really aren't going to change the world, we're here to take that stress off of your shoulders. We take care of it for you on We Got This with Mark and Hal. That's right, Hal. If you have a subjective question that you want answered objectively once and for all time for all of the people of the world, questions like, who's the best Disney villain, Mac or PC, or should you put ketchup on a hot dog? That's why we're here. Yes, I get that these are the biggest questions of our time, and we're often joined by special guests like Nathan Fillion, Orlando Jones, and Paget Brewster. So let Mark and Hal take care of it for you on We Got This with Mark and Hal, weekly on Maximum Fun. Let us move on to letters from listeners. Listeners like you write in and we answer it. That's the premise. Anyway, this is from <laughs> Damien and Danny, last name withheld. Damien and I love Danny. That Dan, Dan, that Dan is describing something that has been going on for hundreds of years, that people write mm -hmm. letters to each other and then they get read. Yeah. And he, as if as if it's like, okay, are you going to buy this? <laughs> you get Do you this. buy this? <laughs> Do you get this? Like, are you with me? Mm -hmm. Do I need to slow down a little bit? This question is for Stu. Uh, wait, that's me. Oh, yeah, shit. You. Okay. You ready? My, Let me put my phone down. Okay. Disclose all my apps. Okay. My, <laughs> let's, guess let's do this. My son. Uh, do, should I be wearing shoes? <laughs> <laughs> you are barefoot that I didn't notice. My son, parentheses 12, and I, parentheses old, are mm -hmm. big fans of the podcast. <laughs> We are just are those beginning. their names? <laughs> uh -huh, yeah. It's Damien and Danny. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Uh, they're big fans of the podcast. We were just beginning our Warhammer 40K journey. Hell yeah. And loved your Warhammer bra, bra. mini. <laughs> we wondered, what is your main army? 
What model paint job is your favorite? And do you have any advice for a new Blood Angels, parentheses my son, and new Chaos Marines, parentheses me, army? Oh wow! There's uh, that's there's multiple questions. Uh, you don't have to show it to me. Okay. I know all about Blood Angels forgot, and Chaos Space Marines. Forgot the questions. You got goodies and baddies. Uh, well, I am a longtime player of Space Orcs. Uh, I used to have a huge army of Space Orcs. Uh, they are sporks. a they are similar to Sporks. <laughs> they are a alien race of fungus monsters uh, that. Fly around Founders. in 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 <laughs> massive uh, cobbled together spaceships, and they drive around in cobbled together dune buggies, and they blast Duggies. space marines, and they like to fight. They're great. Uh, <laughs> I even have a space orc tattoo, and but uh, I gave that army away some time ago, and I recently started a new army. Uh, of gene stealer cultists. Now, before you answer, Elliot, no, they do not take people's denim. They steal your <laughs> genes that make up your, your DNA. Uh, oh. they, are, they are human alien hybrids that worship alien masters and wish for their alien masters to arrive from, their, uh, from the stars to liberate them from the evil oppressors of humanity, uh, only to find out that when those aliens do arrive, they just devour the entire planet whole hog, including their cultists. So it's great. It's hilarious. Uh, they're great. They used to ride around limousines. They're all bald and weirdos. They're awesome. Uh, and I've been painting them. And I think my favorite in that batch so far is I painted my Keller Morph, which is like a little gunslinger. He's like a little revolutionary gunslinger. He's got three arms. And that's a lot of guns. That's 18 guns. Uh, you know, like because there's six guns, but there's three of them. Um, so I like that. Uh, I like that a lot. And for, let's see. But you Blood know what Angels. a six gun is not six guns. Uh, What? <laughs> ne never mind. Never mind. Forget it. Never mind. It's not. Not. I important. didn't know this was a math podcast. Uh, so <laughs> no, it's not. Let's see never for mind. Blood Angels. So the Blood Angels are, are Space Marines. Of course, they are the the children of Sanguinius, uh, the Emperor's most beautiful and greatest of all his Primarchs, laid low by the uh, the arch heretic Horus. But the Blood Angels are suffer with a curse where they uh, momentarily are uh, caught up in the rapture of Sanguinius's dying moments. And that gives them a blood rage, basically turning them into space marine vampires. Uh, and they, I don't know, so a lot of close combat troops, I think, because, you know, so they can take advantage of all their little bonuses for being vampire men. And then for Chaos Is this Space what it's Marines, like when I sing a song, Dan? Is yes. this what it feels like? Uh, well, similarly, <laughs> it's the only I'm time I can speak quickly. Mail. <laughs> uh, and then for Chaos Space Marines, I mean, I don't know, just get a lot of dudes with spikes, man. Uh, I love uh, I love the weird like uh, the like I don't even know what the, the ones that look like spider walker things with all kinds of gun pods on them. Those things are awesome. Check those out. Uh, I don't know. I'd I'd go with all the weird Chaos Space Marine stuff. Okay, that's it. I answered. Okay. Uh, this second question is not about Warhammer, so you can relax, Elliot. <sighs> okay. Um, and I can two. take my shoes off again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this question, this is from Caroline, last name withheld, who in writes just, just in Carol time. Caroline N.T. City. Mm -hmm, just in time for the third annual Flophouse Catstacular Catstravaganza. Again, if you want that uh, cat's commentary, uh, be a member of Max Fun. Uh, I mm -hmm. wanted to ask mo movie musical questions. Number one, what are your favorite movie musicals, both classic and modern? And number two, given the timing of its release, do you think Cats is actually one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse? Happy holidays and fingers crossed I mean, be for twenty twenty catsmen of the apocalypse. Two, four, I, four I, horse cats. I have honestly had the thought like. 
did I experience too much joy watching cats? Is that are why you to blame? Yeah, Pat that's what did it. That, yeah, like the world it's your just fault. spun off yeah. its axis. Um, you know, I, I, I really Dan, let me lo- let me what? reassure you. Yes, that is exactly okay. what happened. Yeah, we live in a Dan centric universe, and mm-hmm. you're to blame. Okay, well, that, well that, that is what caused Armageddon, which was the end both- of the world caused by Dan. Distressing and comforting. So uh-huh. uh, there's that there's that hit uh, Aerosmith song in Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to miss a Dan. Yeah, um, I, I I I'm a big fan of uh, the Music Man, uh, mostly because Robert Preston is so charismatic and because yeah, you're a Music Dan in that, <laughs> and the music's good. I I, I saw. I saw the Broadway revival just recently. Uh, Hot takes, fresh off the fucking bakery. <laughs> yeah, let's well, hear it. Let's it was hear fun it. To have, Tear them up. It was fun to have Natalie uh, for the commentary because she'll be glad to talk Broadway with you. But uh, yeah, I did like Hugh Jackman. You know, I love the Hugh Jackman, but he uh, didn't really bring the charisma needed, which it's 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 odd. It seems wow. like it would Don't be you say? Do not say a him. fucking word against Sutton Foster. Though. Sutton you Foster, better have liked however, Sutton Foster. boy from okay. Oz, A plus. Sutton so Foster's good. amazing. Yeah, she's great. So, but you're so saying good. Hugh Jackman was not star of younger Robert Sutton Preston. Foster was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me something I don't know. <laughs> but if you want to, just just go to the just go to the movie. Uh, it'll it'll also help you excuse some of the elements of Music Man that haven't <laughs> aged as well, uh, knowing the time that it was made rather than watching a modern revival. Uh, you know, I I'm pretty boring. I love the movie of Little Shop of Horrors. I think that that is. That is boring. Pretty Dan. perfect. Uh, well, no, I'm just not. like I'm not. I'm not surprising anyone with any oh, of this. Okay. Uh, is what I'm saying. But what do you? Well, there might be somebody Ellie, who, is, you have a, who is not taking the plunge and watch Little Shop of Horrors. Do you have a hot, yeah, hotter take or do you? I don't have a hotter take, take at all. I mean, classic classic musicals have got a real. It's a real Murderer's Row of the best. Singing in the Rain, amazing. Mm-hmm. Wizard of Oz, amazing. Top Hat, amazing. And then uh, you've got. I'm a big fan of the Busby Berkeley musicals. Not always because of the stories but because the musical numbers are so fantastic but two movies that i genuinely i like the movie a lot uh i'll just say i love them i do and they have both the numbers are gold diggers of 1933 which is astounding and it has some of his greatest work and it has and otherwise it's like um the whole movie is kind of like sex in the city 1933 but with musical numbers and the movie dames uh which is a less well-known uh, movie with Buzzy berkeley numbers on it but it's also a really funny movie uh and modern musicals well i'll tell you what what connotes a modern musical? There's a like um, I'm a big fan of Inside Lewin Davis, which is not what you consider a traditional musical, but it is a mm. movie that is punctuated by music that is expressing emotionally a lot of the times what the characters are into, and it's got that hilarious song about the guy who doesn't want to be an astronaut. Um, and uh, I enjoy. It's not as great as the stage show, but I enjoyed Tim Burton's Sweeney Todd movie. Um, and it's a I didn't see the stage show of it, which was based on a movie, but the movie Once I remember really liking a lot, which is a, it's got music in it because it's about musicians, again, like Inside Lewin Davis, but uh, I remember finding that very emotional when I saw it. So there's some modern ones that I liked. Uh, for a mo- another modern musical, I think this fits, is uh, the Takeshi Miike movie Happiness of the Katakuris. That is a musical. Yeah, sure. which is about a family that moves uh, to the country to run a, like an inn, and uh, their patrons all begin to die, uh, it's, it's fun. And according to my little phone here, 
Available to watch on Tubi. Hell yeah. Uh, my little phony. You, you should have said my little phony. Tubi is, look, Tubi should advertise with us. They're, they're an amazing, pla- it's, it's wild. like, their library is astounding. Like, it's just an astounding platform, so. Yeah. Uh, hey, let's move into the final segment, uh, other than, I assume, a little reminder about the drive. The final wink, segment. Wink, maybe. Uh, where we recommend a movie, something that, you know, might be a better use of your remaining hours on this earth than uh, the Adam Project. Dan's uh, about to say Morbius, and it's gonna flip my <laughs> lid. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say anything surprising. I might say, in fact, one of the least surprising things, which is I, I saw Little recently. Shop of Horrors. Oh. Everything, everywhere, all at once, Hell which yeah. currently has the distinction of being the highest rated movie on Letterboxd. Um, wow. And uh, so they're just, just making up awards, huh? It's it's great. It's a great movie. I don't like <laughs> check out Lights Camera Jackson over here. I don't. No, he he did not like it, and like it's just another reason not to like that kid. But anyway, um, I mean, he's like a grown man now, so we can be mean. Yeah, yeah now he's I a guess. grown up. Yeah. Well, Audrey actually stopped me from being mean on his oh, everything. Cool, Audrey, okay. everywhere, all at once tweet. She's yeah, like, you don't yeah, need I to. I mean, there's, there's no point. To, there's no point. You have a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I don't know what to say about it that hasn't already been. It's. It's just. Um, you know, it is a maximalist movie that starts that works as well as it does because it grounds everything in real human emotions in a believable family. Like everything goes back to the family. Uh, it's interesting to me to, to like, even from the first scenes, you know, with everything that goes uh, weird and bizarre and wacky later on, it feels uh, so real and you believe this family, a small thing, but like the characters, you know, Audrey's Filipino and, uh, you know, listening to her talk to her family, like she'll switch in and out of Tagalog uh, to English sort of seemingly at random to me. And similarly, like this is an immigrant family that, you know, switches back and forth from English to Chinese. It's like a very small touch that felt very real to me. Uh, and then, of course, everything gets very uh, nutty as it goes along. And the thing that I like about it is the movie's commitment to taking absurd things that are funny and then pushing past that into a point where suddenly they're very moving. Yes. And it's it's just kind of an amazing trick that it, that it pulls off so it's, beautifully. Yeah, it's such an amazing magic trick the movie manages to pull off. And of course, Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Just uh, And so Jamie good. Lee Curtis. Too. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. So, it's I so mean, great. We're not, we're not breaking any news that Michelle yeah, yeah. Yeoh and Jamie Lee Curtis are great, but they're yeah. <laughs> they're fantastic. <laughs> um, so that's my recommendation, Stuart. You know, I am gonna make uh, I'm gonna make a recommendation of a movie that I'm sure we've mentioned like a million times, but I saw it for the first time in the movie theater recently, and it was it was a movie uh, I'm recommending Akira, the 19, what is it 1987 uh, Katsuhiro Tomo movie animated movie I think 88, 88. Yeah. I think you're right it's 88. Um, and uh, it's a movie that I've seen many, many times. I own multiple copies. I own multiple versions of the manga that it's based on. And uh, But watching it in the movie theater was so incredible because I'd never seen it that way. And the score is so beautiful and huge. And getting to see it on the big screen, you get to really see all the 
like beautiful little moments in the animation. Every single shot has something new to find in it. Uh, it's got so much motion. I mean, like the first like five minutes, five to 10 minutes is basically just as like nonstop as the first five to 10 minutes of Mad Max Fury Road, like that kind of level of adrenaline. And uh, it also manages to condense what is a massive epic story from the in the manga to a uh, it keeps a lot of the same elements, but it also makes it weirdly more personal and focuses it on the relationship between Tetsuo and Kaneda. And, uh, yeah. And it, it also like brings in new ideas and elements about like puberty and masculinity and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah, it's, it's a great movie. If you, if for some reason you haven't watched this movie yet, uh, and you are interested in a big sci-fi, uh, movie, I would totally recommend it. Uh, and I'm going to recommend a different Japanese movie. What? What's this all about? <laughs> uh, this is a movie called Fighting Elegy from 19, 1966. Uh, it's known by some other titles too, but Fighting Elegy is the one I saw it under. It's directed by Saijun Suzuki, who you may know as the director of uh, Branded to Kill and uh, Tokyo Drifter. Uh, there's a couple movies of his that uh, have kind of broken through to uh, more general film knowledge. But... Uh, it's the story uh, set in the 1930s of a teenager who lives at a uh, – he lives at a boarding house or he's boarding at a family's house and going to a military-themed kind of – they call it a middle school in the movie, but it's more of a high school. And he has a crush on his landlady's daughter, and they're all very devout Catholics, and he feels guilty about the feelings he has about her. And the only way he can channel it is through uh, this – kind of fighting club that uh, that mm. he and his and the other kids there set up. And it's not like fight club where they like get together and beat each other up. The, this is a club where they are trying to train themselves to be ultimate warriors and they get into fights with other fighting clubs and they are ridiculous. Like they're not good at it. And although sometimes they're pretty good fighters, but they, the, the character is uh, so funny in a way that I didn't expect going into the movie and is so like this innocent who is finding that the only way to channel the emotions he feels because he can't quite express love or lust in a way that he thinks is ac acceptable is through um, ever more elaborate uh, kind of like military themed either discipline or fighting or things like that. And uh, but it's a funnier movie that sounds. There's a scene where uh, he's so he sees the landlady's daughter playing piano, and that night he's so turned on that he has to masturbate by playing the piano with his penis. <laughs> and, oh no. And, and as we've all been he's done, there, right? And as soon as he's done, uh, he turns and sees a cross hanging on the wall, and he's like, "Oh no, what have I done?" He feels so <laughs> guilty. Um, oh. the, and the movie takes—I'll uh, I'll spoil something and say the movie takes in a very abrupt turn for the series at the end. It's leading up towards a real-life event in Japanese history where members of the military tried to overthrow the government in the mid-thirties, and um, and eventually leading to the, you know the major military crimes and disasters and mistakes that Japan makes going into World War II. But uh, up until that point, there's like a a real funny lightness to it that I could really relate to as like a, you know, confused adolescent. But at the same time, it feels both universal and very much of its time in a good way. Um, and like, if you want to see a movie where uh, it's a teenager grappling with his emotions, and, but there's also a scene where his friend roller skates into a principal's office and shoots everybody with peas with a pea shooter and then roller skates out again. Uh, <laughs> and that's how he saves him. Um, this is the movie for you. So it's called Fighting Elegy. The title makes it sound more uh, serious than it is. It'll get serious at the end. But I liked it a lot. Fighting Elegy. Well, that's... We did it, guys. Three recommendations. I can't think of anything else that needs to be done 
Well, Nothing at uh, all. Yeah, makes oh. sense. Makes sense. We finished out the oh. episode, but uh, one more thing. Uh, the Max Fun Drive starts on uh, April 25th, uh, the day after this episode comes out. So uh, I've got some questions for you. Um, uh, do you. Does it mean something to you to have the freedom to do whatever you want with the show? Because uh, you, we own it and we're supported by our fans and we don't have to answer to any bosses or big networks or anything. What does that mean to you, Daniel? I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's amazing. I have uh, worked on things that are not personal to me and it is wonderful to have a thing that we do together that is exactly as specific and silly and dumb as we like to do and to know that people also like that. Makes sense, makes sense. Uh, yeah, makes sense. Uh, just one more thing, Stu. Uh, uh, do you feel it's important to support artists that you enjoy? Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> you know I do. I love supporting uh, small local creators on all levels. <laughs> Sounds weird. Yeah, it's, it's it. I was hoping for something a little bit, a little bit more heartfelt, but that's okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> I'll ask myself the next question. Uh, Elliot, as as Colombo, uh, has this show kind of helped other people in a way that membership makes possible? Yeah, well, I was talking to a uh, Mrs. Elliot as Columbo the other day, and <laughs> she was pointing out to me that, uh, you know, it's just amazing that so many people get so much from this show. We as the host get so much, and we're so thankful for all the people who make that possible with their memberships. It's there. Sounds like Stallone. That, that really yeah. keeps the, the lights on. <laughs> all, right. all right, I'll drop the act then. I apologize. <laughs> anyway, it's hard to do it for a long time. So anyway, yeah, we, we just we really appreciate your support on a restate some goals and some rewards. There's all the max fun stuff at $5 a month. You get the bonus content, $10 a month. You get the patch. And for each higher level, you get other stuff. Our specific show goals. If we get 1900 new and upgrading pledgers, we're going to have those giveaways, comic books, drawings, bar shirts, all sorts of stuff. At 2,300 new and pledgers, we're going to do that Country Bears commentary, full-length audio commentary for all of the movie Country Bears. And if we reach 3,000 new and pledging uh, members, we're going to do quarterly movie commentaries, one every three months. You know one of them's going to be Food Fight, so watch out. Fuck. Uh, most of all, uh, we want you to join or upgrade your membership or continue supporting us if you already are because it means we can keep bringing you this show, putting out this dumb podcast about stupid movies. It isn't how I thought I'd be helping the world, but it's kind of how <laughs> what we fell into. So please do what you can to keep the lights on and the Nicolas Cage burning. Please consider joining, upgrading, maybe giving someone a gift membership. I think it'll make their year and it'll make you feel a little better and and the karma police will uh, look on you kindly for it. So a sincere, very heartfelt, very grateful thank you to all of our members and to all of our future members. Thank you from the Flophouse. Join us, won't you, at MaximumFun.org slash join. Again, that's MaximumFun.org slash join. And uh, because we've said so much, I won't go through our whole spiel, but I will thank uh, Alex Smith, our producer. You can find him at Howell Dotty on Twitter. He's got his own podcast called Fast Track. He does a show on Twitch with a giant possum. Uh, so if that interests yeah. you, check it out. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'll just say thank you for listening. For the Flop House. I've been Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen. Bye. On this episode, we discuss The Adam Project. Starring Adam Scott? No. Adam Carolla? Driver? No. You, they don't usually name movies after the actors' names. <laughs> Starring what? Adam and Eve? Adam, <laughs> Adam Ant? <laughs> Adam Antium? Should we do it, everyone? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> 
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.